following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal of villain safe chilling the anti hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R, and I am joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the LOC. He is a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar in streets of LI. Yo, 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 what is going on? What's up, brother? We're doing the show, not the time that we normally do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird hour to do it, but nonetheless, we are doing it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't pass on doing an episode today. I I mean, there's just It's just like every other week, there's so many things to talk about. And uh, if we took a, a week hiatus, man, we, we'd, we'd probably do like a five-hour show next week with the amount of content we would have. Especially coming in from, um, coming from last weekend, when we did kind of like the all-out recap and just everything from all-out fallout, we did over two hours with no fucking problem. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's never a problem. Uh, but, of course, you know, for, for your, you guys out there, for your sake, I don't think you have the time or want to listen to us ramble for five hours. So I honestly uh, think, there's, I think there's friends of the show, the Peckerheads, the Slapdick Nation, the people that love us and hate us. I feel like they'll actually listen to a three-hour show with no problem. It, maybe we got to see one time. You know? Maybe we got to test that out and uh, see if they can put their money where their mouth is and, and see if they actually do. All right, dude. Give me a minute. Hashtag, it's Red Bull time. A Jace, because I'm not even drinking a Red Bull right now. Listen, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I was going to say, <laughs> if you're drinking a Red Bull right now, you are committed to the gimmick. No, I'm actually drinking a White Claw, but I'm still going to say hashtag is Red Bull time. Okay, hey, you know, White Claw, Red Bull, whatever. Go with it, same thing. Exactly. Books. You know, it's the same type of it's size can. Like, it all works out, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it still makes that noise. It still goes with the gimmick, so... Right. Well, I mean, well, I could have kayfaved it. I could have kayfaved it and just say it's Red Bull time. But you know what? We're not going to do that. You know? We're not going to yeah, do that. You're an honest, you're an honest guy. You know, so, I'm you know? just, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy I am. Oh, yeah. Ryan, how are you, brother? Um, I know you kind of had a busy morning, you know, due to some scheduling. We had to change things up a bit. But, hey, we're here. But how are you, dude? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, no complaints, really. Had had a good weekend so far. I uh, went upstate with a couple of friends and uh, got back later than I thought this morning, So, uh, which is why we're recording this late. But... You wouldn't even know it if we didn't even tell you, because usually when we record this way anyways, mm-hmm. it comes out Monday morning or whatever, so you wouldn't even know what time we're, we're recording this. But yes, it is uh, 5.46 in the <laughs> evening on Sunday. But like I said, nonetheless, I didn't have anything to do. You didn't have anything to do, so here we are. And uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing all right, man. I'm, you know, hanging in there. 
um, still processing things, but I'm here. Um, I had a pretty eventful uh, last weekend with the Guns N' Roses show and kind of how we left off last week's episode with me telling you I'm going to Ring of Honor and you huffed and puffed for a quick second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that and then this past weekend, I attended a wrestling convention and I attended an independent show and we'll get to all that. Let's kind of like talk about things like how kind of how they went in order right so let's kind of rewind back a week ago and start you know the show where we kind of ended the show and me telling you hey i'm going to the ring of honor pay-per-view and you hit me with like i haven't had no idea there's a ring of honor pay-per-view happening anyways yeah yeah uh, i i mean you know i followed them on social mm-hmm, media but mm-hmm. i follow it too intently so i had no clue um but how was the show and the overall live experience listen man um as much as like we it's not that we like to crap on Ring of Honor, but you know we just gotta you know poke, yeah you you gotta you know you poke the bear you know Ring of Honor has a good product at least when it comes to a live experience you know I enjoyed myself for what the the, the pay per view was um they have a they have great talent there you know Alex Zane made his return to Ring of Honor he ended up winning the Honor uh, Rumble and now he's like the number one contender for the championship so for the world title so somewhere down the line we're gonna get a Alex Zane Bandito match which I. Talk about like a fucking uh, a match that I want to see happening when this guy got signed by the WWE, Alex Zane. Now we're gonna finally get this match, Ring of Honor. When we're we gonna get it, I don't know. But I'm, ex- I'm, you know, I'm excited for that. There's so much potential with a, with a guy like Bandito versus Alex Zane. Yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be a banger. Uh, always good to see Alex Zane wrestle where wherever it is. I was a big fan of him before he went to WWE. Yep. Uh, you know, this WWE run was what it was, and. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited to see him back on the indies or at, or in Ring of Honor if he's yeah. going to be uh, doing more of that. So, uh, not that I'm going to watch, but um, <laughs> you know, I'll see some highlights, and I'm sure it'll be a great right. match. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Ring of Honor, it, it looks like it's got good pay per views, good matches, yeah. uh, good talent. But it's similar to Impact. It's like really right. like there's only so much in a week that right. I can consume or and want to consume too. Um, I don't really want to invest my time in in, in Ring of Honor's product. Uh, same thing with Impact. I don't really invest too much of my time in their product as well. But I know, I know it's good. So that's mm-hmm. that's good. You know, when the wrestling business is healthy, that's good all around. But um, yeah, it, that's cool that he won that Rumble match, and looks like they got big plans for him. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, and a guy like Alex Zane, like they just announced too that he's going to be in um the New Japan shows in Philadelphia. I think he's going to be uh yeah. having a match with Will Osprey, which I I can't who, who would have thought that. I think that match is going to be fucking excellent, just like similar to to his match with Bandito. So, you know, a guy like Alex Zane, he's just bouncing around in all these different companies. And obviously, he was in GCW this past weekend, too. He had a banger with Jordan Oliver. So, his little run in WWE, you know, was it memorable? No, I think it's it's something that's just going to be like a little dot in, in his history. And he's going to make more of an impact, no pun, everywhere else that he wrestles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'm super hyped for him versus Will Ospreay. Um, I haven't got my tickets yet. Uh, I'm sorry. Um for the Philadelphia, <laughs> but um, if I mean, I'm I'm sure I I will end up going, and that I think he's wrestling him on that Sunday, which is the one I was planning on going to anyway. Oh, nice out nice. of the two. Um, so yeah, that's that's a great match that's announced for that. So super hyped for that. Um, yeah, should be awesome. Yeah. So overall, the Ring of Honor show, I really really enjoyed it. I got to chop it up with Bandito. That's the first time I had any type of interactions with Bandito. Shout out to uh friend of the show and my buddy Scott Rand. He actually uh took some pictures of my interaction with Bandito and and let me tell you something. Bandito, great guy. <laughs> he's really such a good dude. You can tell that he's just happy 
that he's like the world champion of Ring of Honor and he's kind of like the face of the company and very humble, really, really cool dude. Just an amazing wrestler all, all around, man. He just kind of goes to show you going back to like all in. You know, not that Bandito was under the radar, but like nobody really knew much about him. And then after all in, he kind of just blew up, you know, wrestling in Ring of Honor and obviously like in Mexico and then um, PWG. So... I'm happy for Bandito, you know, you know, he's a Latino, so I'm proud of him, you know, like, I'm, I'm very proud to be like, you know, he's representing us, you know, so I think it's pretty cool that, you know, Bandito's having this run with the, with the world title and Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely well-deserved, he's a great talent, um, like you said, after All In, I think a lot of people um, latched on to him, and I became a massive fan of him after that as well, so, yeah, listen, not everybody can be in AEW, not everybody right. can be in WWE, right. so, like, places like Ring of Honor and Impact are you know, still good in this way where they right. can utilize guys like Bandito right. who might not have a, a spot in AEW right now. He might be like just buried in, in just in the mix. He'll just be another guy there. But in Ring of Honor, he's the top star. So, um, yeah, it's awesome to see. I hope this run continues. And uh, just, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy in the future. When he's all of his success, uh, I'm just I'm really happy for him. Two more things on Ring of Honor real quick. So there was a rumor that Ring of Honor hasn't really made an official announcement about this, but I think PW Insider, Mike Johnson, reported on it. He said something down the lines that the belief is that the Ring of Honor show that I attended, Death Before Dishonor, which was the pay-per-view, the rumor is that apparently that's going to be like the last show with a live audience for a while due to... The Delta variant and what's going on with with COVID still, whatever. And even going to the show, Ring of Honor was very strict, which I, I'm cool with. Like, I have no problems with it. But Ring of Honor was very strict with, like, mask wearing and, like, not pulling your mask down or whatever. And I'm cool with that. I have no problem with that. Um, there were some talents, like, for example, like, Jay Lethal, where... When he came out and after, like, post-match, like, he didn't wrestle on the car, but, like, he did, like, a, a post-match, like, promo um, after, um, I believe it was, like, a, a, a six-man tag, if I'm not mistaken, um, that yeah. Violence Eliminated, which is a homicide, Tony Deppin and, and Chris Dickinson, they ended up wrestling, I think it was John Walters, Lee Moriarty, and who's the other cat that was in the match? I can't think. Maybe LSG? I could be wrong. But it was a six-man tag, and then after the match, uh, Jay Lethal came out, and he cut a promo about pure wrestling or whatever. So afterwards, like, I noticed that he was inter interacting with fans, and a fan asked him, like, oh, can I take a picture pulling my mask down or whatever? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. He was like, no problem. So, like, I think it was more of a Ring of Honor thing. Like, during the show, just have your mask on. And then, it, depending on the wrestler, like, if they wanted to take a picture, like, if you want to take a picture of a wrestler, they, it depended on them if like hey you know keep your mask on or no nah, you could take the mask off like, i think it all depends on the wrestler which i personally don't mind but the rumor has it that that might be uh ring of honor's last uh, show with fans which unfortunately in my opinion i think that's gonna hurt the product a lot you know more damage if you will oh man that would be a that would be a terrible decision uh, i don't know why they would do that mm -hmm. um because they're what is it, they're worried about the COVID numbers again. That's I guess you know you know one thing about Ring of Honor is they they've been very very strict with like the whole COVID situation. You know, I get it. You know, I I mean they've been one of the better companies throughout right. this whole entire process where you know they, they shut everything down and, and whatever. But yeah, I mean God, uh, <laughs> I don't really think that's necessary. For right. Down. I mean, it really. I don't know. I mean, everybody feels a different way, but right. listen, we got the vaccines for a reason. Right. I don't really think another shutdown is necessary. It'll completely kill the product. I mean, right now it looks like they got some momentum going. Yep. Um, I mean, my God, you take the fans out of it, and that's just gonna just. Ugh, I can't even imagine. So hopefully that doesn't happen. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to what you said about Jay Lethal and the mask uh, ordeal, that's basically what it's been like for the meet and greets that I've yep. attended to. Uh, you know, it's just like, you know, you can pull your mask down for the picture. These wrestlers, I feel like they don't even care. Uh, maybe some of them do, but for the most part, I don't I think they're all over it at this point. Um, but you know, good on ring of honor staff and, and management or whatever, um, for the mask mandate, or I don't know if it was the arena itself that had it, you know, uh, strict. Well, I thought that too. It, I, so I thought that too, that it was an arena thing. But then after last night, I noticed that people were picking and choosing when they wanted to wear the mask. Like I didn't wear a mask. Like I wore, I wore a mask going into the arena, but then I took it off. So like some people were ma- wearing masks, other people weren't. So I think it depends more of the promotion maybe or the company that runs yeah. the, the venue yeah i don't know that's i mean that's interesting yeah i don't know one way or another it's good that they are you know trying to keep fans um and everybody safe so you know it's, it's you, you can't really hate on it too much um, right but as long as you could take it off uh, you know here and there for different things right um you know that, that's always a good thing talking about world championships and we talk about bandito being a world champion well we got a new WWE World Champion on Monday Night Raw. And this is probably the first time in a very long time they're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. Because Biggie cashed in on Bobby Lashley and became the new WWE World Champion. What do you think of how we got there? What do you think about Biggie being World Champion? And kind of what we got on Friday leading into tomorrow. A six-man tag, which I'm not hating on. I, I think it's cool, but man... This is like a pay-per-view match that we're going to get. But then again, we're going to get a pay-per-view match on the other company. So uh, kind of talk to me about uh, the Big E situation. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love Big E. And I am so freaking happy for this guy right. uh, winning the big one. He, he completely deserves it. It seems like, from what I gather, and I'm seeing all over social media, that this guy is beloved in the locker room. Yes. And, and you could tell, too. Um, you know, I watched his WWE 24 not too long ago, yep. too. He just seems like a real genuine dude, deserves all the success that he's getting. But I can't help but think of, you know, uh, them and how they did this whole entire thing. It just seems like they threw this all together last minute and they're just rushing everything. Uh, you know, I don't know if Survivor Series this year is going to be the uh, Raw versus SmackDown type of thing or a Champion versus Champion type of thing that they've been going with for the past few years. Um, but if it is, then I see no reason why they have to rush this whole Biggie and Roman stuff and the Bloodline versus the New Day thing. It could have easily been saved for Survivor Series season. You got yeah. Roman Reigns feuding with Finn Balor currently right now. You could have Biggie still feuding <clears throat> with Bobby Lashley right now. I don't know why it's necessary to have Roman and Biggie face to face and him going to SmackDown, him going to Raw, this and that, vice versa. I just don't see why there's a reason to rush this i get it they're trying to do something with the ratings they're trying to spark some excitement into the product because it's very unwatchable last week they were going up against monday night football for the first time so that Ugh. probably explains that was like that was like the gift and the curse for me because it's like i specifically chose like my, my baltimore raiders are playing right so i'm like i am not watching raw right don't get me wrong great game it was like a super bowl-esque game but yeah very good my game. yeah my baltimore raiders got like a a terrible l and just based on what I saw Monday, obviously tonight we have Baltimore, Kansas City, and I know this is a wrestling podcast, but I'm just saying, like, Jesus Christ, like, if they play like that on Monday, I don't like their chances against Kansas City, and shout out to the Royal Ramble, our boy Brian, he's also Baltimore Ravens fans too, so we were, like, messaging back and forth, I'm like, oh, dude, like, I instantly saw that game, and I had, like, the Kenny Omega face meme, 
Like that was yeah. that was my read. <laughs> Mario, you could be a New York Jets fan like myself, so I I, I wouldn't complain too much if I were you. At least at least your team's competitive and puts up a fight. My team can't even score a goddamn touchdown. Okay, I watched three hours of the game today, and the team can't even score uh, more more than a field goal. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that that game that game was awesome. And it was I a great watch, game, so dude. I, great game. I tuned in. I tuned into the opening segment of Raw, and I saw what was going down, and I saw the main event was going to be Randy and Bobby, and then I, you know, I knew that something was going to go down at the end of that. So then I tuned out until like ten thirty when the main event started, and then I I watched uh, Randy versus versus Bobby. It was a great match, and then I saw all the stuff happen after that. But I was with you. I was watching the football game throughout. You know the the. Basically the entire show overall, because nothing on that show intrigues me. Um, you know, it's not even worth talking about, because there's nothing to, to talk about. It's right. just trash. Right. But the, the beginning segment and the end segment is what I always try and watch, um, you know, if I'm home anyway. So, you know, what else am I going to do? Um, and, you know, you saw Big E teasing the cash-in all over social media uh, earlier on that day. But, you know, I mean, like, usually when that happens, you're just like, all right, well, now he's not going to cash in, because he's basically telling you that he's going to. But he actually did. And mm-hmm. I was... I was Part of me was surprised, part of me wasn't surprised. Um, but nonetheless, like super happy for the guy, yep. regardless of them hot shotting this and rushing this and doing this for a ratings grab. This is long overdue. Uh, I think he's gonna be a great champion and yep. I hope they give him the title reign yes. that he deserves. Yes. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, whether it's um reactionary to Monday Night Football, whether it's reactionary to the stuff that's happening in AEW, or if it's just a reaction to their ratings just being terrible on Monday Night Raw, and there's just no excitement when it comes to the Monday Night Raw. You know what? Regardless what the the reason behind it is, I'm happy they did this. I'm happy that Big E's the world champion. I'm happy that he finally got his moment, and it felt like a moment. Like, we haven't had a moment when it comes to the, the briefcase, and I'm just talking about the men's side. That, that's that's mattered in a very, very long time. You know, we haven't had that, and, you know, last year with, with Otis winning it and then obviously Miss taking it, which I think was the right decision because, you know, Otis, I'm sorry, I know there's people that like Otis, but Otis was a, never a main event player. And, that, you know, unfortunately, that's it. That's just a fact. Never a main event player, and it was just a joke putting the fucking briefcase on him. And then just previous years before that, you got the Braun Strowman stuff, and then Brock Lesnar had it one year, and... You know, the, the Money in the Bank briefcase hasn't felt like a thing since uh, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose. Like, that was the last time I can remember when Money in the Bank actually felt like a thing. So I'm happy that Big E successfully cashed in. He cashed in on Bobby Lashley and taking away nothing from Bobby Lashley. I think Bobby Lashley has been having an incredible ra- uh, year. And he's had an incredible run with the World Championship. And, you know, you could f- further tell a story between Big E and Bobby Lashley. And I think that's a great story to tell. As for, like, the yeah. Roman stuff, do I like it? Yeah. Could I wait it for it? Yeah, I could have, you know, that's more of a, it sound, sounds like Survivor Series written all over it, right? You know, especially, like, in a rowdy Barclay Center, you know, let's go Bloodline, let's go New Day. Like, I could just envision all that. At the same time, you know what? I can't really necessarily knock WWE for doing this. You know why? Because kind of what I said, while this is a pay-per-view quality quality match, look what we're getting on AEW that we're going to talk about in a little bit. And if this is more of a reaction to try to get like some steam going on Raw and some excitement going on Raw, well, you know what? I can't really complain about that. You know, shoot for the fucking stars. Go for it. Why not? You know? I get it, but in the long run, it's going to hurt them because they're, they're just, it's the same mistake NXT made. They're trying to combat 
what they're doing oh, and with with a uh, big spike in <laughs> and excitement and, and try and spike the ratings and it's just it's not going to work in the long run it's just not a, a good plan for the future like it just they had they i mean they do they have something great with roman and Big E, the yep. bloodline the new day but again it's just like i just don't see why you're doing this in 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 the middle of September when you could just wait a few more weeks and do that, uh, you know, for the build to Survivor Series. Like I said, it's not like Roman has nothing to do right now. He's in the middle of a feud with Finn Balor right now. Uh, Big E could easily be in a feud with Bobby Lashley because well, Lashley, I'm sure, is going to want revenge, right? He's not going to just drop the title and forget about it. Uh, I, I just don't see why why you rush this. But again, am I looking forward to it? Absolutely, man. That should be one hell of a main event tomorrow on Raw. I mean, that 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 could be like a a Shield Wyatt's uh, throwback, yes. like yep. when they had yep. those amazing six man tag matches. This could easily uh, be one of those because every single guy is super talented. Uh, but again, I just can't help but just feel like this is just such a rushed, thrown together. Uh, thing out of nowhere and I'm just like you know like like why like why must you rush every little thing you have everything that is good that I'm looking forward to potentially down the line you just rush and you just give it to us right away like there was a good story that they could have told with oh this absolutely absolutely the six man tag but instead we just it's, it's in a week we get we get Biggie winning the belt we get him face to face with Roman and then three days later we get the six uh the, the six man tag match like why like, it just seems very unnecessary to me, and, and like I said, I'm excited for it, but again, in the long run, I, I just don't understand what, what the plan is here, and like I said, maybe they're doing something totally different for Survivor Series. I don't know. Maybe they're doing Brock and Roman, and that's why they're doing this right now. I don't know for sure if that's the case and it makes more sense, but right now, I, I don't know, man. I just don't like the way they're going about it. So... Two things I wanted to factor in when we're talking about this conversation of the Bloodline versus the New Day. I want to see where they're even at tomorrow. And they're in Riley, North Carolina. Wrestling uh, wrestling city, state, however you want to call it. So I expect it to be a pretty, you know, you know, hot crowd. Maybe not to a level like a New York or a Chicago or, you know, Boston or anything like that. But I expect it to be, you know, a pretty, um, you know, a vocal crowd, maybe. Then I also wanted to factor in Who's playing tomorrow night? Now, Lions versus Packers. They're both 0-1. So, maybe that game is not going to be that much of a factor compared to last week's game. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I, I don't. I still think, like, you know, if you're a football fan and, like, even if, like, you know, like, I, you know, I'm a Jets fan, you're a Ravens fan, but, like, yeah. Over Monday Night Raw and how bad Raw is, I would rather. I don't care who's playing. I'd watch the freaking Jaguars play the freaking. <laughs> right. You know, the, uh, right. Another, no, another I agree. I agree. I, I agree. I, you know, Raw's just awful. Raw is terrible. Is it's right, a right. That's what I'm saying. So, so I don't think like you know, like I said I don't think it matters because people are gonna choose to watch football if they really want anyways right. you know so but yeah I, I don't really know no the only reason i even brought up like the whole football factor into it was because like last week's game was trending like it was all yeah. over the place like everybody was talking about this game I, I just feel like uh you know and this is no disrespect to the green bay packers of the detroit Lions, but like i just feel like there's not that much traction in that game compared to last week's game especially last week's game they were in like a new stadium you know remember it's the you know, the Las Vegas Raiders now. It's not, you know, the the Oakland Raiders anymore. Right, right. No, you're definitely right on that. And compared to last week and too, last week was the opening right. the opening Monday for, for it. And people have just been, uh, you know, 
starved for Monday Night Football too, because you know I, that's there's a lot of football fans out there. It's one of the right. most popular sports. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, football is football regardless of who's playing on Monday night. And um, like I said, I think a lot of people are going to still watch the Monday Night Game. I'm, I'm going to watch the Monday Night Game yeah, me tomorrow. Too. Anyway, I'm going to do exactly what I do: open yep. segment. Uh, football game majority commercials. I'll go to Raw and then I'll tune back in for the main event. That's that's basically my the you know the the way I do it on Monday nights from here on out. Nah, I agree, man. I, I am not watching Raw. I'm gonna throw the game on and I just keep uh you know kind of keep like one eye open to see like okay when is are they gonna are we gonna get the bloodline versus the new day? Are we gonna have an opening segment? Whatever. And then the thing with me and I've I've touched on this before. You know, based on my job. Nine times out of ten, I'm not even watching this live. Like, on Monday, surprisingly, I got in home in time uh, to watch, like, majority of that game. Like, I think um, by the time I got home, it was, like, the end of the first quarter. So, like, I watched that whole game. I wasn't really paying attention to Raw until, uh, you know, until, like, way later. Like, I saw that Big E cashed in, and he won the championship, and I was excited for that. And then, legit, I just... Watched the opening segment and legit just skimmed right through to like the Orton and Lashley match. Watched that and then obviously watched the cash in or whatever, which was a great moment. Um, you can tell Biggie was very very excited. I love the fact that Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston went to go celebrate with him. It felt very Kofi Mania esque, like the the rise of Kofi Mania to finally ultimately winning that that first championship uh for Kofi. So. I, I got a little bit like of essence of that, and it was a great moment, and I'm happy for Biggie. Yeah, totally. It, it, it's it's impossible not to be happy for Biggie. Yeah, like I said, I uh, the, his uh, backstage video that WWE released um, on Twitter afterwards too was was very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the New Day is, is one of the, the biggest success stories in the history of professional wrestling. Yep, that group is going to easily go down as one of the greatest of all time, Hall of Fame worthy, 100. percent I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some people that debate me on that, but. Listen, they, they they have a tremendous story. I mean, they at one point when they debuted, nobody was into it. They, the crowd was booing, and everything was just awful. And then they turned it around, and look at them. One of the most successful teams ever, and two WWE champions now. I don't think um, Xavier Woods will, will ever get there, but who right. knows? You, you don't know. Um, but the fact that they've had two legit world champions, it's just it, – it's super cool. And a group that never, ever broke up, and I don't think will ever break up. I, I don't want them to break up. You do not, right. That's something you do not see ever. So, I mean, that's, like I said, it's one of the, the greatest stories, and you just could not be happier. And like I said, the only thing I'm praying for now is they give him a, a proper reign. Yep, I, I mean, me really, that you do right by a guy who's been doing right for, you know, by you for all these years. I mean, Biggie, he goes about things the right way. He's a, it's a professional. He's, he, listen, do right by him. Give right. him what he deserves. Yep. So I hope they do. I agree with it 110%. Mention uh, Roman Reigns. Well, we've both been talking about Roman Reigns, and they made the official announcement this week. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Money in the Sand 6. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I right. mean, this is exactly where I figured this match was going to take place. Uh, I don't think this is going to be the only match that they have. We uh, got to get this in Survivor Series 2 at a Barclay Center, bro. We have to. Yeah, I'm sure we will. If not, Royal Rumble potentially. Um, we will see this in you know in the U.S. at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't really watch those shows. I try not to support those shows to begin with. But I will obviously check that match out. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, how they go about things. Um, I'm actually excited for it. I did not think I'd ever want to see Roman and Brock yeah, ever again. Me too, man. Um, 
But hey, you know, the, the different dynamics, you know, you got Brock's baby face now, Roman is the heel, Paul Heyman's kind of playing monkey in the middle, so it, it's it's intriguing. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. It, listen, we can complain and bitch and moan about right. these money in the sand shows, but the uh, fact of the matter is it ain't going anywhere, okay? We still probably got like eight more, seven more years of, of all these shows, so... It's, it's it's either you're gonna watch them right. or you're not gonna watch them, and you know it is what it is. They're not going anywhere. You know, just to kind of pivot a little bit, and you mentioned the whole, um, hey, you never thought that you would really be intrigued to watch another Brock and Roman match. You know, Brock and Roman, they've never had bad matches. It's just been very poor booking and poor placement on WWE's part. Because if you go back in history and watch the matches they've been like, you know, they've had with each other, they haven't been bad matches at all. It's just fans didn't want it. And I'll give you the perfect example right now. I'm, I'm not even going to talk about their first match. I'm going to talk about WrestleMania, I think it was 34 in New Orleans, right? Yep. That year, nobody gave a shit about that match because it wasn't supposed to be Roman to face Brock. If you look at that year, back in, that was 2018, the year started white hot with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins should have been that guy challenging Brock that year for the title. Instead, they waited another year to finally have Rollins versus Brock, and by that time, Rollins wasn't as hot as he was in 2018. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%, but that WrestleMania 34 match uh, between Roman and Brock, if you go back and watch that, now I know it's hard because the crowd completely turns on it, and being there live, it was very hard to get into, but that match is actually pretty good. Yeah, dude, like, listen, I remember, because I was there live, right? I, yeah. I remember being there and just listening to how much these fans just did not give a fuck about this match. And it's not because they were they were performing terribly. It's just, once again, nobody wanted to see, nobody wanted to see it. You had chance of CM Punk. You had chance of Macho Man. You had chance of Rusev Day. Chance of Daniel Bryan. There was, there was, yeah, there, there, nobody gave a shit about this match. And it's not Roman or Brock's fault. It was WWE. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, listen, they shoved it down our throats way too much to the point where we just did not want to see it anymore. Um, and that's just ultimately what it came down to. Like you said, it wasn't performance. It wasn't anything against those two guys. It was just, you know, like I said, we've seen it too much. It, they're shoving, at that point, they were shoving Roman down our throats completely. Yeah. And then, you know, it, we got that again, if you remember, uh, at the... I think after WrestleMania 34, they had another Money in the Sand show. We had that match again. I think it was a steel cage match. It was a cage match, yep. Yep, and then, and then I don't know if we... I don't really know where they went after that. I, I would have to go back because I can't remember. But then that year at SummerSlam uh, 2018, they had another match against each other. That's when Roman <laughs> finally won the belt. So it's just like... It, that's, it was just one after another after another. We've seen this match so many times. Like I said, I'm excited now because the dynamic is different. But again, if you're gonna if they're gonna give it to us five times now after the money in the sand, I don't want to see it then. Then I'll instantly feel the same way I felt about it beforehand. You know, it's just like too much of something is not good, and and that's there's no better example than that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like that was just fucking so weird because Roman wins ends up winning the championship right from from Brock at SummerSlam, and I believe like Braun like played a part in that too. I think like he yeah. tried to like like, fake a cash-in, or he wanted a cash-in, but he didn't do it, and then, like, the following night on Raw, I believe the Shield reunited, and then they had turned Braun heel, and he be he joined forces with, like, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, and they became, like, the Pack or some shit like that, and then 
Braun ended up like cashing in, like he like announced the cash in on Roman at a Hell in the Cell match. And then yeah. Brock ended up interfering, and then it's like, what the fuck happened with the briefcase? It was just like a mess of stuff, bro. Like none of it made sense, if I recall. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I don't. I I remember the cage. Uh, well, no, the Hell in a Cell. I think Mick Foley was involved in that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know why I remember that specifically. Uh, but yeah, I remember the whole thing being such a complete mess. But Ugh. yeah, I mean, like I said, this uh, Roman and Brock thing. These two, unfortunately, are, like, destined to fight forever. Right, It's not right. the same case as, like, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, where people would like them to fight forever. So, um, like I said, all I ask is that they don't they don't ruin what they have here. You know, you can have the match at the Money Sand, whatever happens there. I don't I don't give a shit if there's, like, some screwy DQ finish. Like, I don't care what happens at that show. Um, but then if we get it maybe one more time at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble, something like that, and then that's it for a while, okay? Yeah. Like, Two, uh, all right, maybe I'll give them three matches tops, but I, I'm leaning more towards two because it's just, again, too much of something isn't good, and I just don't see... Well, also, too, the, let's talk about the booking aspect of that. I don't know how you can have Brock Lesnar lose uh, more than one time. Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know how they're going to book this, um, so that's what I'm really interested to see, too, is how they're, they're going to go about it because you don't see Brock lose clean. Well, you know what? Uh, one thing about Brock that people tend to forget is Brock's really good at multi-man matches, whether it's like a triple threat or like a four-way. So, like, if you want to protect Brock but also continue having Roman have this incredible t- title run, right, what you do is just book him in a, in, a, in a, either a three-way or a four-way for, like, that third bout. So, like, let's say, hypothetically, we get the, the match at Money in the Sand 6, and let's say that the next match is a Survivor Series, right? If somehow Brock yeah. works himself to another championship match, and then you just throw a curveball in there and make it either a three-way with, like, a guy like, I don't know, like, Rollins or Balor or whatever, which I specifically, more Rollins than Balor, but, like, I feel like those two guys, they could catch a pin but still be credible if that makes any sense, right? Or maybe even make it a four-way and add another person in there for someone to catch the pin besides Brock. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens and, and where Brock goes from here. I mean, you know, uh, Roman's got to hold on to the title, obviously, but it gets weird because, like, all the times we've seen Brock, he's in championship matches and he wins them and he's the champion. So, like, it, it's going to be weird this time to see him just hanging around and not win the championship. Right. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't win the championship. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I'm intrigued to see where that goes, too. And the whole Paul Hammond storyline, too, is very, very interesting. To me very interesting. They're, they're very, it's a slow burn with this right now. Like, when, when they were at the Garden, that segment I thought was really good with um, the Brock talking back to Paul and all this stuff. So I, I'm excited to see where that goes specifically as well. That whole segment that happened at the Garden, and you was at the show, I think that was one of the, probably one of the best produced WWE segments that I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. It was it was a hot start to the show, mm-hmm. and like you said, that's how you start to to tell stories, man. Like that yeah. that's what it is. Like we've been waiting for this, right? There there was so many questions when Paul Heyman aligned himself with Roman Reigns. Like, well, how's Brock going to feel about this? And, <laughs> right, you know, right. We we've waited for like a year, and you know now we're we're starting to to see you know uh, Brock's back and. You know, it's just, like I said, this is how you do it. So, uh, yeah, I thought that the segment was well done, and I can't wait to see more. So, all right, let's let's keep that um, that same tone with what you said right now. I can't wait to see more. Let's talk about NXT. So, we had this brand new premiere, X NXT 2.0, which if technically should be NXT 3.0, because the first NXT uh, was yeah. like 
kind of like tough enough like little guts of jace <laughs> like that's how it felt like with like the with the you know like uh, the the activities and fucking obstacle courses that you had to do in the first nxt and then actually became like an actual brand like an actual like wrestling show yeah. and um yeah now we have a new nxt colorful colors um not really too fond of the logo, but before we get into like the program, like the actual show that we got, visually, you know, I was I was I was into it. It was different. It felt it felt developmental with some like main roster direction and feels and booking if that makes any sense does that make any sense what i'm trying to say yeah yeah i got it if you watch the show you understand too exactly what you mean Mm -hmm. i I did like the lighting i think um like like a guy like uh i was gonna call him eli drake but like la Knight. like for whatever reason i don't know it may be because we started the show with that with um la Knight versus uh Rex Steiner, I refuse to call him Braun Breaker because that is a god awful name. But in that match, like to me, I don't know why, but like I looked at an LA Knight and I'm like, wow, like this whole like different like lighting, whatever, just makes this guy look like even a bigger superstar. I don't know if you got that feel, but like I got that during the opening match. And then like as the show progressed, I'm like, okay. This is kind of questionable. Like, all right. Like, you know who look like superstars more than they ever did? Imperium. They look like fucking stars in NXT more than they ever did um, this past week on an episode. Their opponents, not so much. But that's where, like, the developmental aspect of the show um, comes in. Yeah. Well, the, the show itself looks ten times better. Like, uh, the arena itself, like, the, the production, uh, the way they kind of transform this place, it looks amazing like 10 times better than how it looked beforehand right uh the lighting is a lot better i know that was one of the, the biggest complaints and one of the things they wanted to change too is if they didn't want to they didn't want to look so dark uh the lighting like you said it's, it's freaking bright as all hell in there you could see you could see the the fans you could see them like crystal clear that's how light you could see like the led uh, screens you could see everything it, now yeah, I, I, like like you said, the logo is hideous, and I don't think I'll ever get used to it. To be honest, like some people are saying, oh, you, you'll get used to it, and, and I don't think so, man. Like the whole thing just looks like a Nickelodeon production to me. Like you know, <laughs> it, it looks like the shows I used to watch as a kid, where like the people get slimed or whatever the, those, those shows were. Like I, I don't, it's just like I I can't really take it serious. Right. I just don't know how that logo got approved in the first place because it, it's just garbage, man. Like pick one or two colors and blend them together. Don't like the actual design, like the outline of the nxt logo doesn't look bad it's like the color right, variations right. of it right it's just the colors yeah they look terrible i think i would never rock a shirt with that logo on it out in public I, I just would never do it it looks terrible it legit looks so ugly um come on ryan you know damn well like, so there's some wwe like loyalists that will rock that logo with no fucking problem like oh my god nxt oh. so better now there's actually people that said that well, yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, because, you know, like, like I was saying, like, there's people already that I see that like the logo. I don't know how you could lay your eyes on that and like it, but hey, whatever. Um, I think it's hideous, but yeah, I mean, let's get into the, the actual show itself, too. So, um, kind of going back to what I was saying about the whole developmental aspect of the show, like, this is one that I did not like. Um, I really want to get your opinion on this, so... I'm a big Carmelo Hayes guy. Like, I think this dude has it. Like, I, I think this guy could be a star. I just don't get why you pair him up with a guy uh, 
like I think I believe his name was Trick. And what's funny about yeah. so this guy Trick, right? I have I know nothing about this dude. Okay, so I don't know if he used to be an independent guy. I don't know if this is like someone that used to be like an athlete before and then he just got picked up by a WWE. I don't know much about this. Uh, so if anyone that's listening to the podcast that knows the backstory about Trick, you know, hit us up on Lucha Outsiders, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> and like, and, and, you know, inform us. Because I don't know much about this guy Trick, right? But what's, what I find funny about this guy Trick is when he got on the mic, he said something like, oh, he had the gift of gab or whatever. But like, I thought his promo was pretty garbage. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think nothing high of his promo. I thought his promo was pretty weak i don't know if this is maybe nerves because hey you're on you're on live television this is your debut hey it happens i get it right and also you're kind of elemental right quote unquote but like i feel like a guy like carmelo hayes doesn't need to be aligned with a guy like trick or just anyone i think carmelo's a stud he's a star as he is you know being by himself like i don't think he needs like a second or like a heavy or like uh, a, a muscle or anything like that. I, I just don't think he needs that. And if you wanted to put some edge to Carmelo Hayes, I think you could have done that organically by himself. I don't think you just need a guy like Trick. And I even and I say it like that because I feel so weird saying like a guy named Trick. Like, come on, man. I know, man. I, listen, I, I like uh, I like um, Carmelo Hayes a lot. Um, I think he is a future superstar. I think he could be the face of the brand of yep. NXT. And I think the way they're pushing him, too, with him winning the breakout tournament, it says a lot of how they think about him, and rightfully so. But, yeah, that whole segment, dude, I don't even know what they were talking about. The <laughs> I, I, I no freaking clue, bro. Like, I was lost. And I, it's not even like I wasn't paying attention. Like, I was, I was invested. Right. I just had no clue what was, it, like, what the point of that was uh the trick williams guy he also looks like a million bucks he really does he has a great look he looks like he'd be a potential superstar but after hearing the promo uh he's got a lot of work to do that's for damn sure yep and i think it wasn't i don't know if it was it wasn't specifically at this moment but uh because you know we had a couple of, of jobbers and and new uh talent before that but this is what when it really hit me that like wow this brand is officially backed to being a developmental brand, hmm. like it, it is, like every two minutes there was a, there was a new guy on the screen that I had no idea who the hell this guy was, and like I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because they warned us about this. They said they were going to go back to developmental, and that's totally fine. I mean, look at all the guys that, that are that are stars in WWE. Right. Not all of them came from the indies, right? Big E is one of them. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns is another. I know Roman's, you know, he's related to, to The Rock and all these people, so I get yeah, that. Yeah, but like, but um, like Big E came from like he wasn't or he didn't have an independent uh wrestling history or anything like that. He's just straight WWE, but he's beloved by everyone. Right. And so I'm not saying these guys can't be um stars in the future, and I'm not saying like oh Vince is wrong for thinking that. Uh, oh, I shouldn't go for any independent wrestlers anymore. I just want to bring people in from gymnastics, football, powerlifting, things like that. I don't think that's a bad approach because we've seen it work in the past. So I, I don't I don't mind. And I also do really enjoy getting introduced to new talent. So again, no complaints on that aspect. But man, like, I just don't think this is a show that I'm going to watch every single week. Uh, I, I just don't see myself doing it. I mean, like I said, like, just watching the show to me, it was boring. It was so like just uh, it, it. I don't know how it survives on the USA Network too. That's another thing. This show looks like it's destined to go back to the WWE Network. I, I mean, really, this is not what USA paid for. It did yeah. not pay for for a developmental show. They, felt, they paid I, for a third brand. Yeah, and it's the farthest thing from that now. And I know you have you still have Gargano. You still got Champa. 
Um, you still got like, you know, uh, Pete Dunn's, um, Kyle O'Reilly's, things like that. But I guarantee you. Do we really still have Kyle O'Reilly? Really? Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I guarantee you in six months, all of these guys are gone. Oh, I'm not, no. I'm not saying released. I'm saying, you know, on man roster or whatever. I don't think we see any of these guys, like Roderick Strong's or whatever. Like, I don't think we see any of the guys we've known and loved, like from the Indies, on the show in six months. I, I just don't think so. I think it's going to be strictly a bunch of no names and randoms that, like, like we got introduced to that, you know, uh, like the Creed brothers and um, right, and that that woman that was with um, the Diamond Mine and. You know, like guys like Josh Briggs, who I've watched me evolve. That that good. chick that was in Diamond Mine, that was supposed to be Marina Marina Shafir's uh, position before she got okay. released. Oh, I, oh, I guess because the Roger Strong. Yeah, action, that, right? and you know she has a, a former MMA background. That was supposed to be her position, and then they just released her. Interesting way. Look, this new chick is jacked as all hell. So, I know she used to uh, be uh, on I'm the intrigued. on the show Titans, I think, uh, the Rock show yeah, on NBC. Yeah. That sounds about right. I think I did read that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, like she looks like she could potentially be a massive star, right. but all in all, it's, it's the way Vince treats them. It's the way Vince books them. It's, it's, if he gives them a chance to become stars, then the sky's the limit. But if he don't, if he don't fall in love with you and he don't give you a chance, like then that's it. Um, so I don't know out of any of these people who's going to be successful and who's not. Um, but like I said, the developmental brand is back. And, uh, <sighs> like I said, I just, I'm interested to see how this keeps rolling in the next coming weeks because the, the ratings uh i don't know exactly how the ratings were i think you uh, i don't even i don't even remember um but they were probably decent because people just wanted to tune in to see what the show was going to be all about but i don't know as the weeks go on i don't see people watching this show every single week i, I just don't see how it's going to be a must television show so i i felt very indifferent about the show like it wasn't necessarily a bad show, but it wasn't a great show either. It just felt different. Everything felt different. Some stuff was good, and then other stuff was just questionable, and other stuff like Bronson Breaker, not necessarily him, but the name. It's just like, God, why, right? And I, I'm glad that you mentioned guys like Champa, Pete Dunn, Kyle O'Reilly. You could even throw a, a guy like um, Santos Escobar. You can even throw him in there, too. Um Maybe even uh, my guy, Isaiah Swerve Scott, you could throw him in there also, even though they have a good thing going with both stables. But, like, you know, if we're going to a straight developmental product, right, and, you know, to me, both factions here, both hit row, maybe not necessarily the, I'll say the leaders of both factions, both Santos Escobar and, I keep, I want to say Shane Strickland, but it's Isaiah Swerve Scott now. Uh, they're, they're, to me, they're seasoned, you know, because they came from other promotions before. But, like, guys like that, you know, it really goes in question. Like, what's their future on this brand NXT? So, I want to touch on that. What's their potential future in a little bit. But I want to cover two last things. I want to cover the Fatal 4-Way match for the vacant NXT Championship. Uh, unfortunately, Samoa Joe, due to injury, that we still don't know what's the cause of it. He vacant this championship. I know there's, like, a lot of speculation. Like, oh, is he really injured or not? I think he's injured. I don't know what you think. But, um... He vacant the championship. We got a fatal four-way. Uh, it was supposed to be Champa, Pete Dunne, Kyle Riley, and L.A. Knight. And then out of nowhere, Kyle Riley gets attacked backstage. And I forget the dude's name. I think his like name is like Von something. I forget the dude's yeah, name. Well, but he looked typical create a wrestler from WWE 2K. And I am glad that the audience at that uh, performance center did not just, like, eat it up and started cheering for this dude. No, they booed. 
So I'm happy they did that and they weren't just complete chills. Before we get to like the main event closing, which was the wedding, uh, talk to me about this match. Yeah, it was all right. Um, it, you know, part of me, so I don't really know how to feel about it. I know a lot of people were pissed off that Kyle O'Reilly got taken out of this. And, um, you know, I, I was pissed off too because I was like, well, this guy's future already is, is down the toilet. But, but at the same time, it's like if they really see money in this guy, Von Wagner, then, you know, I mean, what better way to introduce him and make him feel like a big deal than to put him in this fatal four-way, you know? So, like, that's why I'm, like, indifferent. I don't really know how to feel. I don't know, like, if I should be happy or, or frustrated. I, one way or another, I'm not surprised. And the booking on this show altogether was just atrocious. I mean, it was uh, a train wreck. It was, like, Monday Night Raw on a Tuesday night. Well, they I mean, ripped up the LA script, night. I think, like, multiple times throughout the day before the show even started. Well, yeah, I mean, I could tell. I could tell just by watching the show. I mean, you had L.A. Knight in, in the opening segment uh, when he's supposed to be in the main event fighting for the championship. You have him lose clean to a guy that nobody has ever seen before. Um, you have Mandy Rose coming out and ruining uh, a women's tag match. It goes to commercial just for it to come back for it to be a six-woman tag match. Shocker. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen that Monday before. Night Raw, Jace. Do that. Monday Night Raw, Jace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then this. And then you have Von Wagner come in and attack Kyle O'Reilly in, like, the corner of the screen on the top left-hand side during the women's match, I believe it was. Uh, nobody knows who the hell this guy is. He just comes in and starts, like, uh, attacking people. Actually, I don't even... I think he saved Kyle. Yeah, he O'Reilly, saved right? Kyle's, Pete Dunn, and uh, what's his heavy now? I forget the dude's name. Um, the, the the dude that got hurt. Um, what's his... Rich Holland? They, oh, Holland, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they attacked Kyle Riley, and then uh, this Vaughn... You know what's so funny, too? When I watched the clip, because you see it on, like, the lower third, right? Like, you see the lower third, like, what was happening to Kyle Riley, whatever... I just saw, like, a little blonde ponytail, and I instantly thought, like, damn, Blake Christian got cocky as hell. That's what I thought. I thought it was Blake Christian. And listen, if Blake Christian would have been his replacement, I would have been all about it. I'm like, ah, yeah, you put my guy Blake Christian in there. Let him get, like, you know, let him get some steam. Let him, you know, let him showcase what he could do in this uh, in this main event-esque match or whatever. But then I'm like, wait a minute, that's not Blake Christian? When he started hitting the roids a couple of days ago? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that's uh, yeah. not Blake <laughs> But see, like, but that's the thing. It's like, if it was Blake Christian, you would have been happy. But because it was a guy you didn't know, uh. you didn't not not necessarily have thrilled about it, right? So it's kind of just like that. That's why I'm indifferent about it. Because it's like, if it was somebody that I I knew, then I'd be happy. But like, it, that's kind of weird to say though, because it's like, well, basically they're accomplishing the same thing. If they're introducing you to somebody new and trying to make them look legit by putting them in, you know, a top championship match in the first night. And that can only do wonders for them in the future. Well, like, let me let me tell you something. Von this Wagner. match did no wonders for Von, Von, whatever his name is, Von Wagner. This match did nothing for him. And you know what? The sad part is, here's the sad part about it. He was, I feel like this did more damage for him than good because the NXT audience wanted nothing to do with him. And if you look at his in-ring work, don't get me wrong, you could still, still tell he's very green. But there's some potential there. Well, that's the thing. A lot of them are all green, but and they all and they all might have a lot of potential. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. Like this is going to be a work in progress, man. And the fact that they're putting the show on the USA Network with all these guys who are still green in the ring, like like I said, to me, it just looks destined to go back to the WWE Network. It yep. really does. I believe. I mean, it. you're gonna have guys like Braun Breaker, uh, who probably out of all of them look the best. So I can see why they're high on now. Him. Now with that uh, name, though. Like, 
Not with that name. Well, yeah, but you know, that's that's WWE for you, so the name shouldn't really surprise anybody. Um, but I mean, yeah, like I said, this is what it's going to be like. I mean, you're going to have Von Wagner main eventing NXT episodes, and, and that that's how they expect it to bring in ratings. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be people out there that still watch because there's a lot of diehard NXT fans. But and I loved NXT, and I, I you know want to still enjoy NXT. But like I said, I don't see myself investing my my time in this product every week to watch these guys who are still developing, man. Like, like I, I, I don't know. This is depressing, right? <laughs> it is. It, it is. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's I, I'm kind of just like whatever. Like if we had no <laughs> right, it's like man, fuck that shit. We got AEW, baby. I mean, AEW replaced NXT for me. Like, for the longest time, like, I turned to NXT for my, like, weekly must-see wrestling product, like, the pay-per-views, takeovers, like, that. they had the best wrestling in a- America. AEW really killed two brands, NXT and Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, unintentionally killed two brands. Oh, uh, God. killed Ring of Honor more, so NXT killed itself, I will say, because... I <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, let's... <laughs> Let's all right. Let's talk about this um wedding segment. You know what? For what it was, I actually enjoyed it. I've been you know guilty pleasure. I've been enjoying these little vignettes, whether it's like Dexter Loomis's uh fucking bachelor party and Indy Harwell's um bachelorette party. I've been enjoying this segment, and yes, it's quirky, but I don't know, man. I, I just think it's it's funny. It's funny stuff, and. You know, for what this wedding segment was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny. I, I love the fact that they um added uh, Beth Phoenix to, to kind of like uh, be like, uh, I think she got like ordained or something like the night before, quote unquote, kayfabe. And she's the one that like got them married. So, I mean, for what this segment was, I thought it was, um, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, it was funny. Um, I laughed. It, it, it was, it was what it was. It didn't end in chaos, which was, uh... Which is the most shocking thing to me. It yep. kind of just ended the way a typical wedding ends. And uh, now let's see where it goes. But, I mean, overall, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of wrestling weddings. I'll be right. honest. It's, to me, they don't really serve too much of a purpose. Um, I, like I said, they're entertaining. It's funny. I thought a couple of things were so funny. Johnny Gargano was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy, Odyssey Jones, was pretty funny. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Austin Theory, too. But an idiot. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, well, we'll see where it goes from here on out. I thought the whole entire thing, though, like the whole story leading up to this with, with Indy and, and Dexter Loomis, I thought it was just crap. I, I just really wasn't into it. I don't really care enough. Uh, right. Like I said, the segment was what it was. And a lot of people were pissed off that it main evented the show. And it main evented the show probably because they wanted to do the segment in the ring. Yep. And they had to take down the ropes and they had to do all this. So. Yep. How could it not main event? You right. Know? So like, I was fine with that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's weird. Let's see where it goes because uh, it did not end the typical way that you'd expect a wrestling wedding to end. I'm sure this week on NXT, if anybody ends up watching NXT 2.0 this week, but I'm sure we're probably going to get like some video package or like some vignette or something where it will be like their honeymoon or something. And yeah. who knows? That, that, and this is just a wild guess. You know, this is a wild guess that something we'll get in NXT. But. You mentioned something before about guys that are probably not going to be in NXT 2.0. And yes, NXT 2.0 is a thing. Like, this is what they're branding this show now. NXT 2.0. You see the graphics all over the place. But, like, you mentioned something, guys, like the current NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa, and the guys like Pete Dunne, and who else? 
can't even throw L.A. Knight in there because L.A. Right, because you can't even throw L.A. Knight in there because, to me, L.A. Knight's a guy that sees it. And, and there's probably other ones that I can't – you know, Kyle Riley. There's probably other ones I can't even think of, of right now that are kind of like seasoned guys. What's the future? And you know what? Let's throw it into the women too. Like I, I, like someone like Taya Valkyrie, you know, you Frankie Monet. Um, she's already – she she's a vet like she doesn't need nxt right so what does the future hold for them before we started getting like the kevin owens rumors and the Sami Zayn rumors i had asked you the question like i wonder what guys like aj and balor and and Sami Zayn and kevin owens and cesaro thought about all out right and when i asked you that question like that was really something that i really think about like and it started like making my mind like Started, I started going down like a rabbit hole, and I was like, you, you know what? I wonder what Triple H thought about all that. And I started just thinking and thinking and thinking, like seeing, like, what does Triple H and Sean think of, like, seeing their guy, Adam Cole, show up on AEW? And I started thinking about that and thinking about that. Now, granted, I know there's, you know, a bit of excitement now with, like, the Big E cash in and him being WWE champion or whatever. Don't get me wrong, that's well deserved. I'm happy for Big E or whatever. But even with that, I told you last week, Becky Lynch returning is not moving the needle for WWE, right? They need some excitement. They need an injection of an excitement because there's not much that's really, like, exciting about, you know, either brand, right? You have rated, um, I always say rated RKO. I need to stop saying that. RK Bro on Monday Night Raw, and now you have Big E being the world champion. And then you have, like, the Bloodline stuff, Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Besides that, you really don't have much. So it's like, I started just thinking and thinking and thinking. And I came up with something, and I'm going to shoot it at you and, and see if this might perk up your ears. So you cool with that? So let's hear it. Some of the best storylines that we've gotten in wrestling is when you get, like, reality. Reality-based storylines, right? So I started thinking. I'm like, okay, the rumor is that Triple H doesn't have NXT anymore. That, you know, kind of Vince and Bruce have, like, taken over the brand. And, you know, Triple H does have some say, but not necessarily all the say like he did once before. What if we started getting that on camera? And I don't mean like, hey, I created NXT and I don't have creative control anymore. No, I'm not saying necessarily like that. But we start seeing little seeds planted throughout all three shows. And I'll give you an example. Let's say Kyle Riley got beat up or whatever. And now, you know, he got beat up this past uh, Tuesday night. And he's still aiming for his NXT championship shot because he never got it. And for whatever reason, NXT management and, and NXT creative doesn't want to give him that shot or whatever, right? And then... I don't know, they're building the whole Diamond Mine stable, for example, right? And for whatever reason, let's say Roger Strong loses to Kushida or whatever, and now the limelight of Diamond Mine is on the rest of the group and not necessarily in Roger Strong or whatever, right? And let's say, hypothetically speaking, on NXT, we have a backstage segment where we see Kyle Riley and Roger Strong bump into each other and they start arguing, saying, like, this, this, and that, or whatever, to each other, whatever. Like, you ain't shit, not in those words, but just kind of arguing or whatever. And then out of nowhere, you just see either Triple H or Shawn Michaels pop up out of nowhere and just kind of pass by them. He's like, you know you guys are better as a unit instead of being rivals or whatever. And then just walks away. And now Roderick and Kyle are just kind of looking at each other, like, thinking, like, what? And then it fades to black commercial break, right? The same thing happens on SmackDown. We have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just arguing with each other. Oh, about, about something stupid. And they'll make it work. They'll find something to argue about. And you see Triple H pop up out of nowhere saying, like, the problem with you two is you guys always want to kill each other. But in reality, you guys are better when you guys are together and walks off. And now Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are looking at each other. Over on Monday Night Raw, 
almost finally turns on AJ Styles. And AJ's just pissed off talking about he makes this, he makes people, he's always made people throughout his whole career, and somehow he always gets screwed. And then Shawn Michaels and Triple H just pop out of nowhere and just kind of give him a look and just throws a little too sweet at him. And AJ just looks at Triple H and Shawn like, what the fuck was that about? And then they just walk away, and that's it. And you start seeing this, little things like this throughout every single show with Triple H and Shawn Michaels involved. But we don't get the full story. It's just little seeds planted. Guys like Cesaro, guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, AJ, Finn Balor, all these guys that were in the indies. And then finally, the reveal is we get like a promo. We get like an assault attack on the roster with these guys, these guys that made their names elsewhere. And it's Triple H and Sean behind it saying that they took NXT away from them, that the powers to be didn't believe in the brand NXT. Now they they plan on taking out WWE. I guarantee you, if we get a story like that, we'll get excitement back in WWE. I love it. I, I think it's great. I think it's perfect. I think it immediately creates the excitement that the brands, Raw and SmackDown, have been lacking. But I have no hope of that happening because that's way, way too smart and in-depth for them to think of and come up with themselves. And honestly, though, like, that's probably the best way to do it, though, if you're going to get those guys off of NXT, which I think you should. And I know that's probably going to be unpopular. There's going to be people, oh, Ryan, what do you mean? You want them to go up to Vince and, and get ruined? It doesn't matter. All these guys have overstayed their welcome in NXT. Mm-hmm. Guys like Gargano, guys like Ciampa, yes. uh, even Roddy. I mean, what's Roddy's future, right? right. Like, he's North American champ. He's not going to go very far after that. Kyle, same thing. Even Pete Dunne. Yeah, Pete Dunne. No, Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne's part of that group, too. Like, just imagine, like, an also, like, invasion-esque type angle with Triple H and Sean leading the charge with guys like AJ, Balor, Sami Zayn, Tesoro, Kevin Owens. You can even throw Nakamura in there. Um, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, or whatever. You want to throw women in there? Give that spot to Ty Valkyrie. Imagine it all... Assault on every single brand, like you remove them from NXT, and now you're attacking roster members, like they're like the Renegades, right? And I'm sure they'll come up with like their own like stable name if they were to ever do that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm expecting an angle like this to happen, but sometimes the best angles are when it's like war base, when it's like all out like carnage and fucking like anarchy and shit, and when there's some reality to it. Like, imagine, like, the story is Triple H and Sean are just going rogue, and now they just want to take over WWE, and they're doing it with these group of people. The story writes itself. No, I, it totally does, 100%. I mean, who knows? Maybe they will do something like that. I mean, we have not really seen an invasion angle like that since, you know, and I'm not talking about the Survivor Series uh, right. build-up. Like, talking about Under siege! <laughs> yeah, right. Um, like, we haven't seen that since, like, the Nexus, you know, when the Nexus took over. Um, you know, they, they, they ran rough shot over, you know, Raw at the end there, took out John Cena, took out the ring ropes, took out, uh, you know, everybody in sight, you know, commentators, commentary table, just completely just manhandled everything in their path. I would love that. I think that would be great. I, I really think that, um, you know, that would be a great way to put these guys on the main roster instead of just calling the ball up in, in something like a draft right. uh, or just having them randomly show up with no reason behind it at all. It would make total sense if they want to take over WWE because they're frustrated or whatever the case may be. They could come up with something. Um, but, yeah, that'd be great. 
The but, only problem is, I don't know if Johnny Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa have changed their tune uh, right. about the main roster. Right. Because, you know, Ciampa's he's getting older and he says, well, he loves NXT to begin with. But he says, you know, if he ever got promoted to the main roster, that he would just probably retire and be a coach at the PC or something like that. I have no interest in going up there. And same with Johnny Gargano. But I did read recently that uh, Gargano's uh, contract is up yep. in December. So who even knows what he's thinking? Is he thinking about staying or going? I don't know. And, um, only and, he knows. And, so Right, right. And like Adam Cole, that's like one of Triple H and Shawn Michaels' kids, right? And, you know, I don't think – not that we didn't expect Adam Cole to jump. But we felt like there was going to be a little bit more of a fight there, right? And Adam Cole was like, fuck that. I'm packing my bags. I'm going to AEW. And I would not be surprised if Triple H and Sean told him, like, go. Just go. I would not be surprised. Yeah, no, I, I know. I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I, listen, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know what these guys are thinking now with this whole new NXT here. This is not what they once knew and loved. I, I can't imagine, you know, guys like Gargano uh, feel, you know, at home with this new look and everything like right. it's just not what they're used to so i who knows i don't know what they're what they're thinking but it, it is interesting i mean like you said I, I give it six months it could be less than that we'll see where it goes we'll see where these guys end up but i love the idea of invasion angle I, I think it's it'd be long overdue and that's definitely a way to get people invested in an exciting product again like you have so many fresh faces you know right you have like kind of like the renegades of wrestling if you will whatever just kind of like just taking their spot and just imagine like the raw promos we get like guys like Triple H and Sean just cutting promos on Vince saying like he's out of touch or whatever and then you could just throw in like the drama and they're like Stephanie like who the hell you think you're all talking about my father that way and then Triple H just saying like your father's out of his mind like just saying like you blend in reality there and that will get people talking kind of like the CM Punk pipe bomb you know when he was saying shit that nobody thought that you would hear everybody thought about it and you know the the dirt sheets reported on, like, how business was ran, and CM Punk was just saying on a live microphone, like, if we started getting promos like that, man, would that create such a buzz? And you have these talents that made their names elsewhere or whatever, which I'm not saying that that's a counter to AEW. I'm not saying that. But get that fan base to be like, holy shit, are you seeing the stuff they're doing in WWE? They're doing, like, a full-out, like, takeover there with all these guys. Like, I feel like that would create a buzz. Yeah, no, I mean, it totally would. Like I said, and they're, they're in desperate need of a buzz. And uh, this is not Vicky cashing in and then the rushing a bloodline the New Day thing. He's not creating a buzz as much as an invasion angle would with new guys that people probably wouldn't don't even know because, I, I mean, believe it or not, not the entire WWE fan base watches NXT, okay? Right. Uh, not every single person pays attention to what's going on in NXT. They maybe heard rumblings about some of these guys like Argao, like Ciampa, but they've never really watched any of their matches or takeovers or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, in that case, it would be, you know, it would create a lot of buzz. And like I said, I would really enjoy that. Yeah, dude. Because, and I, and I said this, I believe I said this last week when we were talking about, like, how AEW is doing something for wrestling culture, right? Like, movie the need or whatever. While the Big E stuff is amazing, and I, I do hope he has, like, a really great run with the title. I hope they don't take it off of him. Like, I want him to have, like, a legit great world title run but there's just that excitement element is not necessarily there like it is for like an AEW or whatever and when I say like I want WWE's product to be better like that's not coming from like a place of hate like we all want like not just WWE we want all these wrestling companies to succeed even like independence like GCW like that that's where I stand like I want all these wrestling companies that put on entertaining products unfortunately 
like on Monday Night Raw, the only thing that was exciting on that show was the the Big E cash in and Bobby versus Randy. That's it. <laughs> Everything else was hot garbage. Like, come on. This is Monday Night Raw here. This is a show when I was a kid, I used to be excited. I used to hate Mondays, going to school or whatever. But guess what? I still had my Monday Night Raw and Monday Night Nitro, obviously, when I was a kid or whatever. Like, I had that, and that just got me excited. And I would stay up, and my parents would just tell me, like, you're not going to go to bed? I'm like, no, tonight's wrestling. I'm staying up or whatever. But, like, I, I want to feel that excitement again. And I do have that excitement with AEW, right? But, man, like, Monday Night Raw, that's been, you know, it's been a thing for over 25 years. It's just like, oh, God, another episode of Monday Night Raw. Like, we shouldn't feel that way as a fan base. Right, that's the thing. We shouldn't be dreading the show every single week, you know? Uh, and there shouldn't be one exciting thing on the show that you look forward to in an entire three-hour wrestling program. I mean, it, a three-hour program in general, there shouldn't be one thing that you're interested in. Right. You should want to be invested in every little thing that goes on, and you're not. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of problems. But, uh, you know, like you said, if they want to definitely spark some excitement into it, well, then utilize the guys that they have in NXT, the, the top stars like that. Bring them on over and, you know, like I said, if they want to come up. Um, but obviously, I don't really think they really have a choice. No. It's either if Vince wants them up, they come up. If not, you just leave the company. That's what it is. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, they, they need some fresh faces on yep. there. Uh, because the guys right now are just, they're, they're not cutting it. I mean, I, I don't, they, the jobbers, the mid-carders that are on Raw, I, if, if Roderick Strong, Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly, just say for example, were in the mid-card matches on Raw. You know, like after the opening segment and in the middle of the show here and there, they had matches against, I don't know, guys like Sheamus or something like that or Damian Priest, for example. I would take them over like the Elias's, the Jackson Rikers, the, the, you know, you know the Humberto Carrillo's of the world. <laughs> right, right. Mansoor's and, and guys like that. Ah! I would take those guys in a heartbeat. Uh, in the mid card on right. SmackDown, right. so that's that's my point. It's like <laughs> if you put those guys in there, even if they don't book them correctly, which obviously they won't, I have no hope that they will. Right? Uh, you know, I'd rather watch like if, I, if I'm tuning into Raw on a commercial break of a football game, if I see Kyle O'Reilly's in action, like okay, yeah. like yeah, right. it, it might get me to watch. You know, so that's that that's my point. So yeah, we'll see what happens. And, and but, listen, uh, I have no faith whatsoever that my idea no. is going to come true. But man, it, you know, from like a fantasy booking idea, right? It's like wow. Like, just me coming up with this, I'm like, yo, this would bring excitement back to WWE as a whole. Because you have, like I saw, uh, like a, a reality-based angle, but it's an invasion angle. And they're trying to just take over WWE. And you have all these talents. Like, not only guys coming from NXT, but you have guys that, you know, they've been putting in years in WWE. Like a guy like Cesaro and a, like, a guy like AJ Styles and like Kevin Owens, Zayn or whatever. Now you tie these talents that came from NXT, the old guard of NXT. You tie them up with these talents that have been on the main, on the main roster for, for a couple years now. Like, yo, that's a great story to fucking tell. But I have no hope that they're going to do this. But, man, it, it's one hell of a fantasy booking idea. It really is, man. Credit to you for, for coming up with that. Well, guess what? It'll never happen. But <laughs> nonetheless. Um, all right, let's pivot. God let's damn talk you for getting that stuck in my head. Oh, now you're gonna think about it, right? All right let's <laughs> let's uh, let's talk on. about let's talk about more exciting things. Let's talk about AEW. We have this big show happening on my birthday, Grand Slam Dynamite, Marshall F Stadium that's happening this Wednesday. But before we talk about that, you went to the Newark show. You were in Jersey. Wednesday night, and funny thing is, so I work, right, like, my schedule is, like, fucked up, like, I go in at noon, and I'm done anywhere between 8 o'clock to, like, midnight, like, it varies every single day or whatever, but 
I was, I had my eye on tickets just in case, hypothetically speaking, if I would have gotten done from work anywhere between 7 and 7.45, I was legit going to buy a ticket, get changed at work, and go straight to the Prudential Center. But you was there, dude. Talk to me about the Dynamite and Rampage show. Yeah, I, the only reason I was there, and I'll be honest, is because I had these tickets since they announced it was supposed to be Blood and Guts in March of 2020. So I've had these tickets. They've rescheduled this like three or four times already. And I held on to my ticket. Uh, I had the option to get a refund, but uh, didn't. And, uh, you know, that was the only reason I was there. I'm not even sure if, like, if I didn't have tickets already, if I would have went all the way to Jersey for this uh, during the week. Because I had to get off of work because I would have never would have never been there uh, if, when I get off at 530 with all the traffic and everything. So I had to take the day off. And uh, me and my brother left in the afternoon around 2 p.m. to, to kind of, you know, beat the traffic a little bit. Um, so, you know, I don't regret it whatsoever. But, you know, that's the main reason I went because I've had these tickets for so damn long right. at this point. Um, but I enjoyed the show. I thought the Dynamite was really, really good. Uh, I thought all, all the segments were great. The wrestling matches were awesome. Um, I had some good seats for the show, which also helps with, uh, with yep. the experience of it all. And um, I thought Rampage was good, too, afterwards. So I enjoyed it uh, a lot. It was, it was, it was great. So I, I've seen a whole bunch of clips online of people just posting stuff that happened in Rampage. And it was a, the crowd seemed like they were live and at times, not even sitting throughout the show. Like, they, it, it felt like a rock concert. That's what it felt like. It felt like, um, so I'm, I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan. So I went to Guns N' Roses last week in NAC. And when I tell you, when Guns N' Roses came on, legit nobody was sitting down. Everybody was standing. I felt the same way watching Dynamite on TV. I felt like a lot of people weren't even sitting down. They were just so excited to be there. They were cheering for everything in a good way, not just cheering just to cheer. But it just felt great, and um, I kind of want to start with Kazarian and Adam Cole, because when they announced this match, I think I might have told you, maybe I didn't, but I said Kazarian is the perfect opponent for Adam Cole for his first AEW match. One, because they know each other very well, whatever, going back to their days of fucking Ring of Honor. And I think at one point they were in the Bullet Club at the same exact time or whatever. So I think a guy like Kazarian is the perfect opponent for Adam Cole in his debut match. Yeah, totally. Uh, Frankie Kazarian is that type of talent where you could plug him into uh, a match like this and you know he's going to deliver. And that's basically uh, what it is. I mean, I think he was Christian's first opponent too mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Uh, they have a lot of history together. But it's also too, like, put away the history and the fact that they know each other aside. It's like, Frankie Kazarian, you know he's going to deliver. You know he's going to go in there and make whoever he's in there with look good. And it's just going to be a good match. So. Um, that's why a guy like Frankie is very valuable to any company. And, yep. um, yeah, I thought, I agree. I think there was really no better opponent uh, than, than Kazarian. And I thought the match was good. Match was great, man. Adam Cole looks like a million bucks, man. He looks like a fucking superstar. And, you know, while I'm sure Triple H and Sean might feel a certain type of way, like, I can't believe we had this guy. And, you know, we just let him kind of, like, you know, just leave the way he did. I'm sure they're even, they're happy that, like, hey, that's our boy. You know, I feel like... Guys yeah, like Triple yeah. H and Sean feel that way, especially Sean, because like Adam Cole has like, you know, it, the way Adam Cole talks about Sean is like he talks about him like that's his dad or like his second dad or like his wrestling dad or whatever. And I think Gargano even feels the same way about uh, Sean Michaels. So I don't know, man. I while it, it, it's kind of sad to see, you know, due to the direction of WWE, like man, they're you know they. I feel like they left money on the table, and I still feel that way too. I feel like they left a lot of money on the table when it comes to like a guy like Adam Cole. Could I feel like he could have been like one of those guys like Brian and AJ, 
hitting that that peak in WWE and winning that world title. But at the same time, it feels right that he's an AEW. I think this might have been one of his biggest pops ever in his whole career in Newark. Yeah, yeah, that pop is insane, man. Like, oh my god. Uh, it was it was also cool that they opened the show with that too. And that's yep. one thing AEW is great at. It's opening the show in a hot way. Um, and not, you know, with a guy coming out with a microphone every single week, repetitive, redundant, rinse and repeat like WWE does. Because they, you know, they'll never start off with an actual wrestling match. They got to start off with a segment and a promo that promotes uh, or builds to the main event. Oh, but instead gosh. in AEW, you get a hot match right out of the gate, uh, no commercials, and, you know, we're off and running on the show. Um, so I thought it was great that they started off with that. The pop was tremendous, like you said. Um and yeah, of course, Adam Cole looks like a million bucks. He looks right at home. This is a place that where I wanted him to go. I'm sure this is a place that you wanted him to be. Yep. Um, and it was just the best place for him. And I think, going back to what you said about Triple H and Sean, they got to be happy for him. And also, too, I mean, especially Triple H, he got as much use out of Adam Cole yeah. as he possibly could. Yep. I mean, four years, uh, four, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he was in every single War Games match, but he was definitely in three out of the four. Um, no, he wasn't. I, he wasn't. I think he wasn't every War Games match. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but I believe he was too. Um, he was a. He was NXT. He was in every NXT single NXT. War Games match. Holy shit! Yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. the whole undisputed era in, in general, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Roderick, remember the first War Games match? Roderick wasn't part of the undisputed era yet. He was right, in. He was right. in, uh, with the. He was with AOP. He was with AOP. But they all, every single undisputed era member. Has been in every single War Games match except this year, if it even happens. <laughs> uh, I don't even think it is. Yeah, um, I, I, I think it's honestly dead. I think Takeovers in general are dead, bro. I really GCW do. took over the War Games match, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god. But yeah, I mean, like, like I was saying, like he got as much use out of out of Adam Cole as he could, and he had a great run in NXT. He one of the greatest NXT superstars ever, and I think he saw the writing on the wall that it was like, you know. Even if Adam Cole did resign, you know, he's going up to the main roster. And, of course, Triple H is not dumb. He knows what happens to guys like that that go up that were once big stars there. He probably figured that it, Adam Cole would not, you know, mm -hmm. succeed as, as much as he should have. So I'm sure, like, even he's sitting back and just saying, like, you know, the guy made the right move. Like I said, I was lucky to get to know him, to have him, to be friends with him. And, you know, now he's he's moving on. So He would have like, been called up to the main him. roster. They would have changed his name to Cole Michaels. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, but, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm so excited for, you know, months and years down the line with Adam Cole in AEW. He's in his complete prime. Yep. He's like 31 or 32 years old. He's got a lot left in the tank. Yep. And boy, oh, boy, man. We're off and running. Yeah, kind of like what we talked about last week. You know, potentially, he, he's probably going to wrestle in AEW for the next 20 years. And he's going to finish I his career in AEW. So. God willingly, I hope so. Yep. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's. Uh, I want to bring up this. So, I, I, I am a big fan of Rosario Dawson. I think she's beautiful. But we got a really weird segment where um, I, I won't even call it weird. Malachi Black came out. Great pop. The entrance is fucking amazing, and he says something down the lines like, "We have an intruder. We have a uh, we have an intruder that that's representing the enemy or whatever." Um, when it comes to the House of Black, and that's Rosario Dawson. 
uh, wearing a, a Nightmare Family jacket. And then they, they had, like, a quick face-off. And Rosara Dawson, credit to her, man. She put her acting skills to the, you know, to work. And she got face-to-face with Malachi Black. You know she wasn't Tim or anything. She was, like, all about it or whatever. And then out comes Cody Rhodes, draped in red or whatever, coming down the aisle like the shield or whatever. Which is kind of weird because it's like, why would he come down the aisle? Like, shouldn't he be just coming backstage? Like, why the aisle? That, that's the only thing, like, my only little nitpick. But we get this big brawl. Rosario Dawson jumps on Malachi's black, uh, uh, Black's back. And we get this big, like, just fiasco, whatever. They go to the commercial break. And shout-out to my boy X, my boy Xavier. He was actually at the Newark show, whatever. And he told me that one of the security guards told him, like, hey, listen, you might want to check this out, or whatever. So... X was like, what? So he went over there and he got like back, like, like, um, uh, whatchamacallit, like, you know, like not backstage, but you know, like where like all the stands are at, like, you know, to get like a drink or if you want to get some, like, some popcorn or whatever, like that area with Cody and Malachi Black were like brawling. So he recorded that whole thing, which I was like, dude, this is fucking amazing footage or whatever for what the, the segment was worth. I mean, like Rosario Dawson didn't really play a factor in it, but I did enjoy this little brawl though. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a good way to build to the, to the match um, this coming week. I thought it was odd choice to use her. Um, I wasn't really familiar with her. Um, well, I mean, I am familiar with her, but I did not realize that that was her. Um, and I thought it was a little strange, but hey, whatever. Like I said, the it, segment did its job. Cross-promoting uh, was, uh, the Go Big Show. They were cross-promoting. Right, I get yeah. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I hate, I hate the whole freaking Go Big Show crap. I hate, I hate the, the Hollywood thing. I hate how Cody's <laughs> getting involved in Hollywood. Like, good for him, but, like, I hate it. Because it's like, dude, like, come on. This is like John Cena. Like, he, he criticized The Rock for doing it, now he's doing it. And it's just, I, I'm like, dude, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I just think the way the match ended between Malachi and Cody the first time, where Cody was gonna hang it up and he was giving a retirement speech it would look right like, and now he just gets announced uh last week to to have this match with malachi right we get no like surprise pop surprise uh you know return or anything like that and then we just see him coming down the uh, the the stairs through the crowd to, to save uh rosario dawson like it just to me i feel like it's a big l like they could have just done this uh so much better and let me tell you man being live in the crowd there the crowd hates Cody. They absolutely hate him. They have completely yeah, turned on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just everybody around me. Cody sucks. Cody sucks. Booing the hell out of him. I get it, but at the same time, it's just like, guys, like, can we chill here? Because this guy created AEW. This guy gave us all in. This, this right. guy is the main reason why we have this promotion. Like, can we just appreciate him a little bit? Like, I understand you don't want to see him go over some of these guys. Right, right, right. That. But he didn't. Well, but like, the thing is, he's been putting guys over. That's the funny part about it. Darby Allen, Malachi Black. Like, like, he puts guys over. It's not like he doesn't put guys over. I know. I know. I, I, listen, like I said, I get it. But at the same time, I don't get it. Uh, he's the poster boy. He's the John Cena of AEW. You know, he's the Roman Reigns. He's, people feel like he shoved down our throats. A little, like I don't know, but I, I, I don't boo him. I'm not gonna boo him. Nah, no, I wouldn't boo him either. I wouldn't boo him either. Like, do I, do I want to see him beat Malachi? Hell no. Absolutely Hell no, not. I don't. Absolutely not. But I ain't gonna turn on him like these, like these right. guys are doing. So, so here's I, my question. So here's my question. Um, have you been keeping up being the elite or no? Uh, here and there. Oh. Not not as much as I once did. Well, how about the recent stuff, like, since Adam Cole has been back? Yeah, yeah. So okay, I, okay. I watch the Elite segments. All I right. fast forward through everything else. Uh, yeah, you're kind of like me, me too. There's some stuff that I just don't give a shit about, but nonetheless. Um, 
they and and so if you've been watching being the elite kind of what we were talking about last week they're already throwing little nuggets and seeds out there that eventually we are going to get an Adam Cole Kenny Omega match. Like even yeah. on being the elite, we're already getting those seeds, which is I think it's great. I don't think it needs to happen anytime soon, but if it like happens a year from now, hey, great, great job by by like all parties involved. Uh, they mentioned Cody in one of these segments, and this is the first time they mentioned Cody on like Adam Cole's like, oh, so Cody's not part of the elite anymore. Like, no, 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 he finally found his uh his niche with Hollywood and this and this and that or whatever and blah blah blah. They mentioned that and I and I was like, wow, they fucking mentioned Cody and this is like the first time they mentioned Cody and God knows how long since Cody's getting this heat. Do you think at some point we're gonna get like Cody back in the elite? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know because I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. If, like, if the Elite is supposed to be, like, this NWO-esque type group where they're kind of, like, taking over, they're the ones in control, you know, winking the nile, we got the pen or whatever, right? It would make perfect sense for Cody to just reunite with them at some point, especially if the crowd is just turning on him. I mean, yeah, it gets to a point where it's obvious that the crowd has completely turned on him. Like, you know, like, I don't know, like, if you, if they came across on TV, because, like, you know, there was a few people around me, like, you know, booing him and, and chanting that he sucks and this and that. But on if, TV, it didn't come out that way. On TV, it didn't come out that way at all. Right, On right. TV, it came like, out very I, dueling. It came out dueling chants. Yeah, see, like, that's the thing. Like, if it really gets that bad to a point where the whole entire crowd and arena is, like, booing this guy out of the building then, you know, obviously Tony Khan's not stupid and Cody's not stupid himself. Like That's going to happen Wednesday, my friend. That's going to happen Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if it does, then, then, yeah, they have to consider turning him heel. And I think, you know, it only makes sense for him to rejoin with the Elite. And I would love that because it's kind of weird. He just kind of faded away. And uh, we don't really see them him involved with them at all. And right. I kind of miss it. So Just like just like the breakup of SCU, not even the breakup, but just like Scorpio Sky not even being with them. It's the You're same right. way with the Elite. Why all of a sudden did Cody just not be part of the Elite anymore? We were supposed to get like this right. Stadium Stampede match, and then, well, it was War Games and Stadium Stampede, and then Cody was just wasn't involved anymore. Right, I, I, yeah, I don't get it. Um, that's one of the things that AEW doesn't do uh, correctly. I mean, like I said, they're not a perfect product at all. No. And these are the type of things where sometimes they just don't explain things the right way. And things just happen for the sake of happening. And then you're just like, wait, why did that happen? And there's no explanation behind it. So, And those are two examples of it with Scorpio's guy and with Cody. Uh, he kind of just disappeared. And that's it. I mean, they didn't break up. They didn't fight. They didn't, you know, uh, have a formal, like, split. It just kind of happened. He just stopped appearing on BTE. He stopped, you know, being involved in the group. And like I said, it's not like Hangman Page where they had a whole segment yep. of kicking him out. Like, yep. nothing really happened. So... Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing, though. Maybe that's that could be a perfect gateway into him rejoining the group because nothing happened in the first place. So right. it's not like he needs to like they need to, uh, you know, he needs to get back on good terms with them. Like I don't even know what terms he's on, and I'm talking kayfabe here. I'm not right. talking real life. Right, right, right. Obviously, friends. Um, so I don't know. But um, yeah, if he keeps getting booed, I'd love to see. You know what I'm really enjoying, and it just goes to show you how much um, he's just happy. He, one, that he's just happy, and two, like he's just happy to be part of AEW. And that's the direction we're getting with CM Punk. Like, CM Punk is not getting, you know, uh, fucking a rocket strap behind him and getting put in the main event picture or anything like that. He's not going after a title yet. This guy's just working, man. Um, 
this past week on, I don't know if you got to watch, I know you was there, but this past week on Dynamite, he was doing color commentary, and we got further built to like this whole Team Taz versus CM Punk feud, and you know what, for what it is, I'm really enjoying it, man, because it just goes to show you all these opinions and what people thought of Punk. Like, oh, he cares about himself. He just wants to be in the main event. Oh, he just quit because he didn't get his WrestleMania spot. Blah, 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 blah. All this bullshit, right? No. This guy's working the mid-card, bro. CM Punk, the guy that hasn't wrestled in seven fucking years, right? He comes back. He has his match at All Out or whatever. And now he's just feuding with these guys, building these guys up to the mid-card. And guess what? People are saying, like, oh, he's just going to bury Team Taz. No. A guy like Hobbs catching an L from CM Punk, right, is going to do more for him than not even being in a feud with CM Punk. So I think I think it's pretty cool that CM Punk is just feuding with Team Taz for no apparent reason. Yeah, no. I, I, listen, I love it, too. I think um, this is the reason CM Punk came back. Because he wanted to work with the young guys. And Will Hobbs, who's one of the guys he's been mentioning, along with Darby Allen and a bunch of other people. So I love how they're not wasting time. And they're immediately giving us this match. And, you know, CM Punk shouldn't just jump right into a title match. Um, none of these guys should. You know, rankings matter. You need to rank up the wins, and then you eventually get there. And eventually we will get him in a big-time championship match against Kenny Omega. But we're going to have to wait for it. Yep. And uh, let's see if the fans start booing CM Punk after a while, too. Because let me tell you, like we just talked about with Cody, at least he put this talent over. I don't see CM Punk putting this. I mean, he's going to put the talent over, but not by losing matches. Okay? He's not He's not going to lose to Will Hobbs, just like he didn't lose to Darby Allen. Right. If he takes on, just say he takes on Junk Boy next, he ain't losing to Junk Boy. Like, like how, like. He's not going to lose for a while. So let's see if the crowd turns on him. I highly doubt they will. Right. He's beloved. Because okay? he was like, he got but, a big pop in New Jersey. Let me tell you. Of course he did. He's going to get a big pop everywhere for a while. Because, you know, these are new places. People aren't haven't seen him for seven years. Right. But, and you know, he's essentially doing what people think Cody's doing. So it'd be very hypocritical to boo the shit out of Cody Rhodes when he has lost to, to, to some of these young guys. And then you're going to cheer Sam Punk. When he's constantly beating these younger guys. Right. To me, it's just a little hypocritical. No, I but, agree. Um, I agree. But yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I think uh, it's going to be an exciting match on Rampage. And uh, yeah, I, just, I love Team Taz feuding with CM Punk. I think it's perfect. And, you know, like I said, there's there's something for everybody to do in AEW. You know, I, I even the mid-card matches are great matches. And that's something, like I said, WWE lacks. It's like the mid-card in WWE could not care less about it. No. But the mid-card in AEW, it's almost like it's not even a mid-card. Like, CM Punk and Will Hobbs could easily, like, main event that show or any Dynamite or, I'm not saying a pay-per-view, but, like, any Rampage or Dynamite show, that could easily main event. Come on, Ryan. What are you talking about? You don't like seeing the same exact match for the last two months on Monday Night Raw? Oh, yeah. I love it, man. That's exactly what I signed up to watch. Live streaming <laughs> of Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. <laughs> All right, speaking of women, Ruby Riot, Britt Baker had a fucking amazing segment on Rampage. I know they recorded it on Wednesday night after Dynamite. I enjoyed the segment a lot. I love the fucking shots they threw at each other. Ruby Riot's a fucking star. I know Britt Baker's a fucking star already, but Ruby Riot alone, um, I don't know if you got to listen to her Talk is Jericho episode. It made me fall Not in yet. love with Ruby Riot even more. She's just so humble. She's just happy to be there. And I just don't understand what WWE did not see in her because she has star in all over her. I can't wait for their match Wednesday. 
on Dynamite. But uh, tell me about that live experience being there during like this back and forth between them on Rampage. Oh my God, dude, that freaking that segment was unbelievable. Like the crowd was so hot for it too. I actually I didn't get a chance to watch it back. Um, I didn't watch Rampage on Friday night. I was out, so um, I don't know how the crowd sounded or right. how it came off on television. But man, they were hot. All all these shots they were throwing at each other, man. Uh, people were like oh. Oh, like it was like it got intense. <laughs> yeah. It got heated. I thought the back and forth was perfect. The shots at each other couldn't have been any more perfect. And um, Ruby Soho is just so freaking massively over with the crowd. It's unbelievable. Um, they sing her theme song. Yep. She's a freaking rock star, man. Like she what really a is. Superstar. I love her. What a what a tremendous pickup for that women's division. Yep. Um, man, she's incredible, and she's not going to win the title. Um, on Wednesday, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's not like, like I said, and I just keep comparing it because it's so hard not to, but it's just like, it's not WWE where it's like, if they build up a woman like this and, you know, it comes out of nowhere and gets a championship match right out of the gate and is booked to lose, like, it's just going to destroy them and and kill them. It's, it's, it's not a good sign for the future in AEW. That's not the case. It's like Ruby Riot or I keep saying Ruby Riot. Ruby Soho is going to come out of this looking great and looking strong in the end. I, I truly believe that. Um, so she does not have to win, and she shouldn't win because I'd like to see uh, Britt Baker hold this belt for a long while. Um, but I think it's going to be a great match. I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah, man, this segment, like I said, it was, it was red hot. I, I couldn't wait for people to see it after after seeing it myself on Wednesday. Um, I, I even tweeted out on the Lucha page a picture of them both in the ring, and I said, guys, you know, like, you're going to want to watch this segment on Friday because it was that damn good. Yeah, that that was one of the highlights of, of Rampage, you know, that that uh, that whole segment. And everybody was talking about it, like, without spoiling it, they, they were like, this is a must-see segment. You need to watch it. And, and it definitely lived up to the hype. And I'm just happy for Ruby Soho and the just coming in hot into the company. And just like you, I don't expect her to uh, defeat Britt Baker, but I expect a, a really great match. And it could be, you know, one of Britt Baker's best matches. And you know what? If you look at... Brett Baker's career, you know, she she hasn't missed a beat. She's been having incredible matches this year. Yeah, yeah. Her match with Statlander at All Out, I think, was one of the best matches she's had all year. So, yep. um, yeah, hey, Britt just keeps getting better and better. And she's only going to continue to get better if she's working with people like uh, Ruby Soho. Yeah. I right, dude. Um, we're going to end on the whole AEW stuff. With, we're leaving the best for last. And that is, somehow, some way, the wrestling gods united. And they're gracious us with Brian Danielson. Kenny Omega at Arshraf Stadium on my fucking birthday. If I would have told you back at WrestleMania, Ryan, when you was there, because you was at WrestleMania, you was there, okay? You went out to Tampa for WrestleMania. If I would have told you, dude, in six months from now, we're going to get Brian versus Kenny Omega, would you have believed me? No shot in hell, dude. <laughs> no shot in hell. How I crazy mean, it, is this, bro? It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that we're going to get this match. But you know what's even more mind-boggling? And I and I know you saw it, Ryan. I know you saw it. Because there's some peckerheads out there that have the audacity to fucking complain that we're getting this match. Like, what kind of an idiot are you? Listen, I don't even want to give them the benefit of the doubt with even debating. Because, you know, the thing is, it's like they want to compare this to WWE hot-shotting Big E 
and Roman stuff and the big cashing and stuff like that. I don't even want to talk about that because <laughs> it's it's just a stupid thing that makes no sense and it's not the same thing at all. Right. So I don't even want to like take up like ten. I don't even want to take up five minutes of the show even mentioning that and talking about how they're different because anybody with the right sense of mind knows that those are completely different things. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, how anybody can complain about this. And the thing I love about it too, is that it's not a title match. Right. Not title. I absolutely love that because it would not have made sense if it was a title match, because you can't just show up and get the title match. You got to do, go through the rankings and things like that. Right. And I love how, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little rushed because like, you know, Brian just got here, but, they have a stadium show. It's not like they're rushing this for a random dynamite. Like, right. they have a big show. You need a big main event. And if it can't be Hangman and Kenny, what else is it going to be? There's nothing bigger than Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. I mean, yeah, okay, there probably is, like, Kenny versus CM Punk, for example. But but you know what? CM Punk, Danielson... CM Punk, unfortunately, and I'm the biggest CM Punk fan here, one of the biggest CM Punk fans, CM Punk is not ready for Kenny Omega. I'm sorry. And that's yeah, the honest yeah, truth. Exactly. Brian is ready for Kenny Omega. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how could you not be hyped for this? And like I said, with, with it not being a title match, this tells me that we're going to get this match again eventually for the championship, and it's going to be – or uh, well, maybe not for the, the championship. Uh, actually, who knows? I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen again for, for a long while. Um, but we're going to get this match eventually, I think. You know, it's not just going to be a one-and-done type of thing. I think we'll get it on, on a bigger stage at some point, too, like on a main event for a pay-per-view or something like that. Um, because they're giving this away to you on free TV. That's another thing, too. How could you complain? You don't even have to pay for this, and you get to watch Brian Danielson face Kenny Omega in, a, in an ultimate dream. But like, it's a stadium show. It's a stadium show, so it makes sense for them to give us this type of quality of match. No, I know. It, it, I mean, it, it's unbelievable, bro. As soon as in the opening segment that Adam Cole announced that him and the Young Bucks right. were going to take on Christian and Jurassic Express, I said, well, it's... It's confirmed. It's going to be Kenny versus Brian Danielson next week. I mean, it's got to be. Because if not, it would have just been the eight-man tag. And let me tell you, boy, oh, boy, am I happy that they didn't go that route. Uh, I know a lot of people thought that this there would be an eight-man tag main event. I said, how stupid would that be if you book a stadium show and right. you have an eight-man tag as the main event? No, no, it doesn't work. You need a top one-on-one -on -one match, and it would be such a shame if they wasted great talents like Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, uh, Brian Danielson in one match instead of spreading it out and having right. multiple matches where you could feature these guys in in a bigger spot. So, right. Uh, I I just I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, dude. I, um, I I just couldn't believe it. Like when I, once I was watching Dynamite and and like just saw the first of all the whole segment I enjoyed too. Just just Dan, Brian Danielson calling Don Cowles a piece of shit. I I popped so fucking hard for that. I'm like, wow, man, this, this is like rated R Brian Danielson. Um, I pop big for that. And, dude, we're, we're fucking getting Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. Like, who would have thunk it? Like, you couldn't even think about this six months ago. It's insane. Dude, I know. I, like like I said, bro, it, it's. I feel like we're living on cloud nine right yeah. now as wrestling fans. I mean, it, it, watching AEW, like, it, it's incredible. They're giving us everything that we ever wanted and hoped for. Uh, like you said, I mean, who could have ever imagined half the stuff that's going on right now? It's, it's truly unbelievable. And, it, and it's a time period where I really want and encourage everybody to just soak it in because yes. I mean, what we're going through right now is just it's not going to happen every day. It, it's no. just not. 
And um, it's just a really, really special time right now. We need to be grateful and just stop nitpicking at little things where we stop hating something just because everyone else loves it. We really, really need to stop with that fucking attitude. Like, listen, if you if AEW's not your thing, you know, whatever, more power to you. I, I, I question what you like in life, but hey, you know, if that's not if that's not your cup of tea, then that's cool. But don't ruin it for everyone else. All right. Right, right. I, I so say I, I don't listen. If if you call yourself a wrestling fan, right, and you don't enjoy AEW, like I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know either, bro. Like I question you. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what to say. I mean, you're just a hater at that. Right. Point. Exactly. Yeah, really exactly. Don't. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? There are people out there, but whatever, man. They're just no. Uh, I know. I know. They're peckerheads. That's the best way to put it. But um. I wanted to ask you a question, and we don't have to touch much on this, but the G1 started. It's awfully quiet for the G1, but apparently there was like three incredible matches um, that happened this morning. I have not watched them yet. Um, maybe I'll watch it a little bit later, maybe after the Baltimore game. I'm not really sure, but uh, have you been um, in tune in the G1 or not at all? Not at all. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I will be uh, following it as thoroughly as I have Me too. Me too. past years, just because there's just no excitement behind it. And I'm not saying, you know, like, there's not good matches. I heard uh, the same thing you heard, uh, rave reviews on everything that went down between yesterday and this morning. I know Okada and Tanahashi had another great match. Yep. I know Ishii and uh, Shingo had another great match. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll check them out at some point. I got a lot of uh, other things going on, right. uh, you know, between work and this week and trying to catch up on other shows and things and AEW. I'm just very, like, just completely locked into AEW at the moment. Like, that's like, like, I just really don't have time for anything else, to yeah. be honest. No, I hear uh, you, bro. I hear so you. into it. Right. And, you know, it, it's a shame. I hate how I feel that way because I still love New Japan. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're struggling right now. So I hope that I could find some time to, to tune into the big matches along the way in the next coming weeks mm-hmm. or over the past, uh, over the next month. Right, but yeah, I don't see myself following the G one uh, as I have in past years. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. It's gonna be a little bit hard for me to watch the G one this year. I'm probably not gonna be as as an investor unless it's something like I have some spare time. I'm like, let me check out this match or whatever. But yeah, I'm not. Um, unfortunately, um, no disrespect to some of the talents that are in the G one, but the just the A block and B block, they're just not as impressive like they have been in previous years, unfortunately. And um. You know, it's not new. No fault in Japan. You know, they they're in a, in a rough spot right now, especially with kind of them having like their own two separate brands, if you will. You have New Japan, Japan, and then you have New Japan US. Um, so mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Um, I I do hope New Japan could get it um, kind of back together by Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I'm hoping for. But um, you know, with with COVID and kind of Japan still being in shambles, um, it's gonna be kind of uh, you know, it's kind of gonna be an uphill battle. But hopefully, they could uh get it together sooner rather than later. Uh, all right. So last night, yesterday, I attended uh Icons of Wrestling convention, and dude, <laughs> I got to chop it off with Pentagon, and um, the picture kind of just went all over social media of me and Penta because I just kind of put like Penta and quote quotation marks Penta. And yo, this is like my third time, if I'm mistaken, having an interaction with Penta. The first time it was at a House of Glory show. That was the first time I met Penta. And he was like really, really cool. And this was like the weekend where Ray Phoenix got hurt. If I, if you remember like Ray Phoenix got really hurt, it was before. It was like they were still an impact on MLW. And it was right before they signed with AEW. 
uh, he had gotten hurt, and I was asking, like, Penta, like, hey, how's your brother doing or whatever, and, you know, he told me about his brother, and then we took the picture or whatever, and then the second go-around where I got to uh, chop it up with both Lucha Brothers was um, during WrestleCon that year for WrestleMania. So I haven't seen Penta in a while, but, like, obviously, if you've been following Lucha Outsiders everywhere, you know that your boy... Cosplays is a good, a pretty good Pentagon, you know, to the point that people thought I was Pentagon. So I got to chop it off of Pentagon yesterday, and I showed him the cosplay, and he couldn't fucking believe me. He was like, "Holy shit!" Like in Spanish, he was telling me that, "Yo, you look just like me." <laughs> and we had a really, really cool conversation. And I just kind of told him how much uh, that match uh, that that him and his brother against the Young Bucks, you know, obviously they put on great matches, but something about that cage match was just next level. And I told him like, "I'm not Mexican, but." you know, just watching you guys kind of achieve this moment, it made me proud to be a, a Latino or whatever, and he was eating it all up, and he's just such a, he's a great guy, he's just a, such a good dude, man, and, and I'm, I'm glad that I got to have that interaction with him. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I had no idea about this convention and show or whatever, and um, yeah, I, when I saw your picture, I started laughing, because, you know, I, I, I know of, uh, you know, you are Pentagon, so you basically <laughs> met yourself. Uh, right. You, know, you, you paid to meet yourself. You right. <laughs> yeah. You could have just looked into the mirror, Mario, okay? You could have just looked into the mirror. It would have been the same thing. Well, you know what's funny? Uh, Teddy, uh, shout out to the Rush friends, she, uh, she shared the picture on her Instagram page, but then on the background, you know, like the Spider-Man double where they're all pointing at each other? Yeah. Yep. She posted that or whatever, and I popped for that. I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like, you know, a lot of people were saying like, "Yo, you could be his like stunt double. You could be his second. Uh, uh, it's funny because I, I think I might have told you the story because at C two E two when I was in Chicago, when I was like in Pentagon gimmick, a lot of people thought I was Penta. And this girl, this one girl, was hyperventilating because she thought I was Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I know, man. That was a special. A special time, a special night, man. That was iconic. I remember I took a photo with you and I posted it on, um, I forget, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And one of my friends reached out. He's like, oh, my God, dude, you're so lucky. Like, how was he? And I, I didn't give it up, man. I, I said, like, oh, man, he's cool. He's, he's awesome. And, like, just ran into Like, I hyped it up. I went along with it. It was so freaking hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, man, you and Pentagon, that's it's 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 great. Uh, the goal is that one one day. I don't know when this day is gonna happen. The goal is one day for me to be in Pentagear and take a picture with Pentagon. That's the goal. Yeah. That that's the yeah. ultimate goal. You know. I don't know. I know you were. Yeah. You were thinking about it for for Grand Slam, but I I don't think that's a good idea with no. the weather that we've been having here in New York, New Jersey. It's just it's well, not even only that, but for me, it's more like the whole mask situation because you know, like with the whole Pentagon makeup and stuff. Like I I'm not trying to wear a mask if I like a Pentagon yeah, makeup. That's so like true. yeah, you're it, right. uh, unless like you know we get like uh, more of a not leeway, but like the whole COVID situation gets a little bit more like normalized or whatever, where I could do it because I'm not trying to fucking. Be in Pentagon gear, then wear another mask on top of my mask, and then it's just it's just too much, too much. man. Like, yeah, it's too yeah. much. I'm not trying to do that. And yeah, and also with the weather that we've been having, it's, it has been hot. It hasn't been cool yet or whatever. Even though we're like in late September, we still haven't gotten uh, kind of to that cool weather yet. So, I mean, I'm hoping maybe somewhere down the line, whether it's like, I don't know, for like maybe, who knows, if I decide to go to like the December uh, 8th uh, Dynamite or whatever and... I don't know, like if somehow I take the day off and maybe 
the COVID numbers, I don't know what's the restrictions out in Long Island about the whole mask gimmick, but if there's no restrictions or like it's more like, you know, you choose what, what you want to do. And if I decide to go to Dynamite, who knows? Maybe Pentagon would appear there. Um, I don't know what's the future for uh, Penta, me being Penta at, at a show or just like a wrestling gathering. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I would like to do it again. And, and if I do do it, I'm most likely going to be like the Joker Pentagon, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you have to. That that would Listen, that's that's got to be on your bucket list. I know it is. And yeah. uh, it will happen one day for sure. Yeah. So back to this uh, Icons of Wrestling convention. Um, I also got to chop it up with uh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Matthews. And, dude, this guy couldn't be the most, like, coolest laid-back dude, man. Uh, I just kind of talked to him. We are having a really, really dope conversation. Um, Shouts to Dream Match Wrestling. I was rocking uh, one of his shirts. And um, I kind of put him, uh, put him on. And I told him like, dude, if you're looking for a design, because I know Buddy was looking for uh, some like artists and like some graphic designers and shit. And I'm like, listen, if you're looking for somebody to do work, um, you know, hit up my boy Andy from Dream Match Wrestling. Like, he's a really talented dude. And you know, he designed the shirt or whatever. And he looked at the shirt. I was like, oh my god, this shirt's awesome, or whatever. So hopefully, uh, Buddy and um and Dream Match could get together and do some business together. But uh, I'm excited for Buddy Murphy wherever he pops up. He had a he had a match. He had the opening match at this uh independent show uh, at the 20. 300 arena bcw against this dude named casey navarro he's a local guy or whatever he i think he, i think he signed the deal with mlw if i'm mistaken but he had a great opening match and you know you really got to see buddy go you know because you know there's no string attached here now and man like i look at buddy murphy and i'm like bro this guy could put like a fucking banger with kenny omega that's how good buddy murphy is oh yeah absolutely man like this guy's the limit for this dude now that he's free and he can do whatever he wants uh Man, it's just, I, I can't wait for him to get going. Um, Impact is probably going to be a likely landing spot for him, and he's going to be doing amazing things there. But even all the other things he's doing on the indies, you right. know, I mean, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up working like uh, like New Japan Strong or something like right, that. Right, uh, right, right. Seeing him rip it up with Will Ospreay, which would be incredible. Even the other guys, like even like him versus Chris Dickinson or him versus yeah, Tom, him yeah. versus any of these guys, Alex Zane. I mean, it literally, like I said, it's endless. Like the opportunities out there are freaking endless for this guy. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I can't not wait to see what he does and where he goes. Uh, an- another person that I got to meet for the first time was actually the big red machine Kane. And he was in mass gimmick. Uh, I got to oh, chop it off with Kane for the first time. This is a, you know, I fucking remember me being a kid just seeing this guy, and I'm like, man, I want to be like Kane, like just fucking choke slamming people and shit like that. I was a big Kane fan when I was a kid, man, and I finally got to meet him. And dude, he couldn't be any nicer, bro. He, he was such a nice guy, man, and he was very. I just saw him, him interacting with other fans, and he was greeting all of them. He, you know, he's like, like a big bear, bro. Like it's crazy, you know, seeing this guy that you kind of just grew up watching, and now you finally meet him as like an adult, or whatever. And you're like, yo, this guy, you know, I like moments like that when you kind of meet like your idols or people you kind of looked up to, or like people like you follow like as a kid, and then they live up to the hype. They're like, oh my god, this guy really was like a nice guy. So, uh, you know, uh, meeting Kane was a pretty cool experience as well. Yeah, that that's awesome. That, he's the one guy that I would love to meet as well. Um, he's definitely on the bucket list, uh, yeah, along with Big Show. I think you know that Big Show is doing a signing at the big event, yeah, and it's yeah. not like I've ever been like a huge Big Show fan. Just like I've never really been like a huge, huge like Kane fan. But like, man, like I just feel like those two guys it would be awesome to meet because they, you know, they've had such a big impact on the business, and they're just such icons. Whether you like you said you like them or not. Um, they, they would be so freaking cool to meet. I already met Undertaker, which right. which was awesome. So uh, Kane's got to be next. And the fact that you met him in Gimmick, which I guess, 
at most of the meet and greets, he's going to be in, in face mask gimmick, mm-hmm. right? I don't really see him doing any meet and greets without the mask. Right. Um, yeah, that had to be so, so cool. He's definitely on, on my bucket list. So that's awesome that you got to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounded like a great time. Like I said, I, I mean, I was busy this weekend anyway, so I, I would not have been able to attend. But right. um, yeah, I wish I knew about it in like far in advance because then maybe I wouldn't have, have made plans this weekend because uh, it sounded awesome. It sounded like there was a lot of great talent yeah. there. Uh, yeah. And see, it looked like a great show too, based on everything that you uh, posted. So yeah, man, uh, I had a pretty good uh, time. Uh, shout outs to um, Lucha Outsiders alumni Sammy, uh, Sammy Suplex, Sam, my boy Sammy, and. Me and him went over there to Philly or whatever. It's closer to him than it is to me, but uh, uh, whatchamacallit. We, we had a good time, man. We had a nice conversation. And uh, one of the nice con- – not so nice conversation, but one of the conversations that me and Sam had was about the Dark Side of the Ring episode that happened this week. And uh, Ryan, yeah. did you watch this Dark Side of the Ring episode, Plain Ride from Hell? Uh, sadly, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, dude. So, where do you want to start here? Do you want to talk about, like... Okay, so, you know what? Let's let's start this the right way. Prior to this episode, right? Because a lot of the stuff that we saw there was public knowledge. It's not like some of this stuff was, like, a mystery. We just kind of got it from the perspective of, like, the victim, now that we know that there were victims in all this. It kind of got a little bit more detail on, like, some of the shenanigans that was going there. But prior to this episode airing, what did you know about the plane ride from hell? I'll be honest, I didn't know much. Um, I, I heard little things here and there, um, just about a lot, you know, that went down, and, and a lot of people involved in it too. Like I didn't know, uh, like some of these people that were involved, I had no idea about. Um, so I'll be honest, like I did not know much going into it, and I'm glad I didn't because, <laughs> you know, the, the I mean, I, I wish I still didn't. I'll be honest, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I like. I like to, to watch these dark sides or any documentary really not knowing a lot of the background information so that I can learn a lot and enjoy it more. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, if, if I knew everything that went down, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'd still watch it, but if I know everything, like why am I watching it? You know? Um, but th- they do such a great job with this series that it's just like, it's so intriguing to watch, but this was one of the most difficult ones to watch. Like, Probably, and I'm going to say it's my least favorite, but not because, like, the episode wasn't well put together, but just because of, like, everything that went down, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was was tremendously done, but one that I wish just did not come out, because, man, a lot of guys are going to get canceled after this. Man, I'm so torn about this episode, Um, because, so so for me, and and I'm a little bit older than you. But uh, for me, like, I've just heard, like, little things here and there as well about the plane ride from hell. But I've always was intrigued. Like, I want to know the third. I want to know exactly that, that happened there. And then watching that episode, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I wish I didn't know any of this. Right. Uh, right. So, like, with the flare stuff, and we'll start with Rick, because I guess this is, like, the, I guess the key corporate, you know, like, the key component, if you will. Like, um, I guess the key villain, I guess, in, in this whole story. Um, I knew he did something where there was a lawsuit involved and then they were settled, but I, I never really looked into the details. I knew something shady was it like happened. I just didn't never really, not that I didn't bother. It's just like, man, I don't know if I want to check it out, but then watching right, the episode, right. it's like, wow. So, you know, the thing with flair, while it's fucked up, I don't condone it whatsoever or whatever, but it's not that shocking. Why? <laughs> Because this guy lived the fucking gimmick. 
there's a reason why he's the dirtiest player in the game. There's the reason why they call him the nature boy. Like, this is a guy that for all these multiple decades now, right, was going around and had women throwing himself at him, right? And now you're in a position where you're with your boys, right? Alcohol's involved or whatever. You want to pop the boys and you're fucking intoxicated or whatever. Of course you're going to do something stupid like that. And I'm not saying it's right, but like when you come from that life span of like just having women thrown at you or whatever, right? I feel bad for the victim. I, I feel because you could tell just by listening to her. I believe her name was Heidi um, Doyle, if I'm not mistaken. You, you could even hear in her voice when she's telling the story and kind of reliving this. You could tell like it still affects her to this day. And I feel bad for her. This the whole Rick stuff does not surprise me, unfortunately, and it's and it's sad for me to say that. You know, is it disgusting? Absolutely. Should he gotten fired for it? Absolutely. But he did it. You know, cause he was Ric Flair. As for what the future holds for Ric Flair, I know they already pulled his commercials. Like that's done. I don't expect him to be in AEW anymore. If that was an idea before, I expect the idea to be Dunsky at this point. I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. And you know what? I think that's pretty much where the legacy is going to end with Ric Flair. On top of all the historic matches and and moments he gave us in the world of professional wrestling, probably his less, last good moment was when he showed up at the NWA pay-per-view a couple weeks ago. I don't see any company picking him up at this point. I think his legacy is going to live on through someone like Charlotte and Andrade to an extent, right? I don't see like the whole... Woo! When people get chopped going anywhere, I still see that happening. But Ric Flair popping up on a program, whether it's a AEW, back to the WWE, an Impact, an MLW, a Ring of Honor, uh, another company, NWA, I do not see that happening again. And I think that's the last we're going to really hear from Ric Flair when it comes to like him being on TV again. That's just my opinion. I know there's other people we're going to talk about here, but when it comes to Ric Flair, I think that's it. Um, like I said, it's disgusting. It doesn't surprise me just based on his history and his track record. It's unfortunate. But, you know, like I said, when you come from that mindset of having women just throw themselves at you or whatever, and I'm not saying it makes it right, of course you're going to do something idiotic and selfish and stupid like that. And, you know, I feel bad for the victim, um, Heidi Doyle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this this isn't surprising, like you said, um, at all. And I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I'm going to go as far to say, like, this is it for Ric Flair. Like, he's done. Never to be seen again on a wrestling program. I'm not going to go there because never say never, you know. Uh, Time goes on. Time heals everything. And I I know it shouldn't, but... He's old, though. That's the reason why he's old. I know, I know. (laughs) That's the reason why I'm saying, like, that's it. That might be it for him. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that because you just never know. But as right. far as like anything happening uh, anytime soon, like you said, the AEW thing looked like he was on the verge of coming in and managing Andrade. That's done. That's over with. It's done. Um, done. Done. I, I think he had, he announced. Uh, well, they announced him for the big events and other conventions and things like that. Oh I'm my sure god! He's pulled from all of them. <laughs> um, he's yeah. I mean, really. I I think you know for the time being. That NWA thing could have been his last hurrah. Yep. Uh, like I said, I don't unless his health really declines and and you know he doesn't make it. You know, to, you know I don't know. God forbid, you know, passes away or whatever uh, in the next few years or whatever. I don't know. But as long as he stays healthy and in 
in pretty good shape. I could see this guy coming back at some point uh, when the dust settles. Right. I, I don't know where, but I could just see it popping back up someplace. I just feel like, like you said, this isn't surprising. This isn't just like shockingly big new breaking news to come out of nowhere. Like everybody knows like how he's been in the past right. with, with women like that. So it's just kind of like, and again, it's not condoning it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know if he's going to get canceled forever because of it. I just really don't. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, disgusting act. It's just something that should have never been done. And yeah, I, I feel bad for the woman too. I mean, I got to feel bad for all, all these women and all these things that have happened with them in the past. And I know Maria Canellis is one of the, the women in wrestling that's been very outspoken with all this kind of things that go on in the locker rooms and behind the scenes and stuff that's kept quiet for the most part. And she had something to say about it on Twitter. I don't have the exact tweet, but the basis of it was just like, you know, uh, they told us to keep this quiet for years and this and that and things like that. It's just, it, it's just wrong, man. Right. It's just wrong. Like right. they shouldn't have had to feel that way. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it, listen, I don't even think like coming out of this, Ric Flair wasn't even the one that oh. I was pissed off at the most. And, and obviously that's going to be Tommy Drinker, right. so you can get into that now. So so before we get into Tommy, just wanted to throw in out there. So it also got revealed in this episode that Brock Lesnar decided to show his penis to Terry Ronalds. Yeah, that too. That, that, I, honestly, I'm wondering how that's going to affect. No, uh, what's funny about WWE is like that happened, and you know what's their counter to that? Brock Lesnar will face Roman Reigns at Money in the right, Sand 6. Right. right, right. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if anything's going to happen with that too because – that's another one, which is like, whoa, like, come on. Like, I, it's just, it's amazing what went on that day. <laughs> oh, my with, God. With people that you just don't even expect. There's so much dirt that could be dug right. up on anybody, right. it seems like, at this point. It, it really is gross. Um, another one that, that I found not funny in this aspect, but then funny later on was, so Scott Hall was just fucked up. And this is before he got fired in 2002. He was just fucked up. He was on drugs, just drunk, whatever. And, he ends up like licking this woman's face, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, I, I I feel so bad for this woman, right? But then, like later on, the episode was revealed like this guy that people thought like he was dead because he was just like laying there, like in, in the plane or whatever. So Justin Incredible has to get this guy in a wheelchair and like pull out his passport. So like, oh, he has a condition or whatever. And then like when they get to like where Jr. is at, Jr. is just looking at them like just shaking his head or whatever. Justin Incredible's like, I didn't even do anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! It, it was just a different time over there, you know. I know, like it was, yeah. I know a lot of people, like I, I guess, like the older guard, if you will. And I'm not just saying like in wrestling, but like just in general, right? They'll be like, "Oh my god, the pussification of America and the world, and et cetera, et cetera." Like, well, you know what? If you look at the, like the talents, and I'm not saying all, but like the majority of the talents are in wrestling business now. Like they're playing video games or whatever, and I'm not saying all of them are, but like maybe some of them do have fun and like their party or whatever, but not to the extent like what they were doing back in the day or whatever. And guess what? Right. They live healthier lives now, or whatever, and they're not in like like situations like this where they're getting fucked up and stuff. And you know, I know we're gonna talk about Tommy next, but you know who also came out looking like a real, real big piece of shit in this, and that's Vince, cause Vince, oh, right, well. was. Like, just sitting there, doing absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, these these talents are representing your company, causing havoc in this plane or whatever, and you're doing absolutely nothing and making JR, like, try to get control of this? Like, yo, you're the owner and the CEO of this company. You do something. What's wrong with you? 
Well, I mean, there's a lot wrong with him. I mean, we this is it's just like the same thing about Rick. This ain't breaking news, man. Like yeah. we've seen Vince, we've seen him look bad on multiple occasions, and not even you know this isn't the first time he's looked bad on Dark Side of the Ring too. You go back to the Owen Hart one, um, the Jimmy Snooker one, the Jimmy Snooker one. I mean, yeah. Listen, I, he's just like I said, and this is a, another reason why too people like. When he comes out uh, on WWE television, they bow to his feet. Right. Like, man, like, I just don't know why people do that. This guy's a terrible human being. He's an evil, evil man. And, you know, it's it's it looks funny because, you know, me and you and, and everybody else who, like, is just so just done with this guy at this point. But, you know, will we still continue to give him our money when it comes to, like, you know, shirts and merch right. and tickets and things like that? But it's just because we support the company as a whole, not – not specifically him, but obviously we're putting money in his pocket. But just an evil, evil guy. And it just every single time you hear about things, you see things like this, it makes you hate him even more. Even more than you thought you could hate you hate this man. Like, just imagine a poor fucking JR just goes up to him and like, like, boss, uh, these, these boys are acting up. I think you need to go back there to, you know, you got to say something. They're, they're just destroying this place. <laughs> That's what guys do. <laughs> Listen, I pay you to take care of that. You handle it. Like, yeah, I could just right, picture him right. saying something like that. Right. No, I know. I know. It, it's, like I said, I don't know how, how anybody can be that way. But, uh, listen, he, he's one of a kind, that's for sure. All right, bro. Let's talk about Tommy Dreamer, man. Because this guy broke, like, every single wrestling fan, like, that has morals, all right? Because there was a lot of people defending Tommy in this situation or whatever. And I have my opinions also about, like, cancel culture or whatever. And I'm going to get into that, but... So Tommy, on this episode, man, he was, like, so, like, I saw a different side of Tommy that I've never seen in my life. Because, you know, Tommy, for the most part, if not, like, like just fully in general in the wrestling business, he's so, like, beloved by everyone. Like, I've never heard not one person say anything bad, say anything, anything bad about Tommy Dreamer. And his attitude in this episode, I'm like, wow. Just the way he was talking about, like, oh, that's just what Ric Flair does. You know, he kind of just, you know, you know, he twirls his penis, and that's what he does, and he's just, like, naked underneath his robe. And, and then kind of, like, being so tone-deaf and victim-shaming and victim-blaming and just being, like, so nonchalant about, like, Ric Flair doing this to this poor woman. Like, wow, Tommy, like... How how can you even say that? Like, you have daughters of your own, and it really left a bad taste in my mouth, and I just looked at Tommy like, I still have love for Tommy, you know? And I don't blame anyone that, just like, you know what, I'm done with Tommy, Tommy Dreamer's a piece of shit. Like, I can't blame anyone that feels that way. Because you know what, he deserves it for having those comments that, that on that show, you know, on what he said. I can't blame anyone that that just like you know what I, I'm not a Tommy Dreamer fan anymore. Like he's just he's disgusting. Like how dare you say that? Like what kind of morals do you have? At the same time, I I, I want to also like point out like technically, technically here, not morally, but technically here, Tommy didn't do anything wrong. He just stated an opinion. Now was it a bad opinion? Absolutely. It was a terrible opinion. It was a terrible mindset to have. Just a cape for your boy Ric Flair defending Ric Flair. But he technically didn't do anything wrong. He just had a really awful opinion, a terrible opinion, a, a just a, a fucked up way of thinking, right? I don't see Tommy Dreamer getting canceled. Especially today, I don't know if you saw on social media, he did put out a public apology. But when it comes to cancel, cancel culture, I really have like a, I have my issues with cancel culture. For example, like, just because someone 
says something fucked up or whatever, I don't automatically think that person deserves to get canceled. Like, they deserve to, to get some maybe ridiculed or, 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 you know, maybe get bashed, yes. But I feel like cancel culture sometimes does more damage than good at times. And, like, with a guy like Tommy Dreamer, like, keep in mind, he's not the guy that did the action here. He just had a terrible opinion. I think it's up to his employers, meaning Busted Open Radio, Sirius XM, or Impact Wrestling, to decide what they want to do with Tommy Dreamer. You know, if the talent, if the female talent go up to Impact officials and Impact CEO, um, Ed, uh, Nor- uh, Ed Nordholm, I think is the dude's name that runs Impact, yeah, yeah. or uh, that runs Anthem or whatever, if they go up to him and go like, listen, us at female, we don't feel comfortable to work, uh, to be around Tommy anymore. Just based on his comments or whatever, if the female talent had hey, more power to him, and if that ultimately costs Tommy's job, then that's on Tommy because he he made his bed, if you will. At the same token, you know this is a bad spot for Tommy. Big mistake, a big setback. I feel like a good portion of his fan base are gonna turn his back on him, but then I also feel like some of his fan base are gonna be like, you know what, you made a big mistake and you know, I don't condone what you said or whatever, but you know, people make mistakes and people deserve second chances and I'm not saying Tommy deserves a second chance. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm also saying here is I don't necessarily think he's gonna get cancelled. And that's just my opinion. If he does, you know, he made his bed. But I feel like at times just because we have a different opinion than someone and not that I'm condoning or agreeing Tommy's opinion on what he said on the show. I think it was disgusting and just the way he victim shamed this poor lady. But when it comes to like just in general, like outside of wrestling, people are so quick to judge like, oh, I support this person. Well, you're automatically a piece of shit and a racist. Like people are so loosely saying things like that. And right. it's like, wait a minute. Like this person has always been cool with me and good to me just because they either follow or like something that I dislike or that I'm not into. That doesn't make that person a terrible human being. We just have different views on certain things. Um, and that's just something completely different, right? I just think in today's climate, some people are so quick to cancel someone or just to say, like, you're this, you're that, or whatever. And like I said, when it comes to this very touchy subject, when it comes to, like, sexual harassment and sexual abuse and sexual, you know, however you want to word it, um, it's touchy. It's a sensitive topic, and... Anyone that feels offended and disgusted with Tommy, you have every right. And listen, I'm disappointed as a fan. This is a rough one for me because I love Tommy. I still have love for Tommy. But I think Tommy has a lot of, um, he needs to look himself in the mirror. And, you know, I think today was maybe a first step in that right direction. I don't know. I hope he seeks something. What I don't know what that is. But, um, you know, maybe Tommy Dreamer is not necessarily that great guy that I once thought he was. I'm not saying he's a terrible human being, but maybe maybe there's something there that we don't know about when it comes to Tommy, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be canceled. Um, that's pretty much what I got to say about Tommy Dreamer, but uh, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a terrible human being. Um, I don't think he's going to, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get canceled. I, I, it's really hard to tell. I don't really know. Um, it's really just based upon like how the company's that employ him, which is basically just only impact, uh, feels about the whole entire situation. 
But, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that I think this guy's a complete moron. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Complete. Yeah, biggest congratulations. I mean, he might be. He might get the congratulations you played yourself of the year with this one. I, and I'll, I'll be honest. I've never been the biggest Tommy Dreamer supporter, fan, whatever. Um, I met him once at a free Creative Pro meet and greet. Uh, actually, this uh, last year when they did the toy drive around the holidays, he was included in a free meet and greet. That's the only time I've ever met him. He was fine. Um, I, I've never really cared too much about him. I'll be completely honest. I understand what he did, what he's done in wrestling. I know right. what he's done for wrestling. I know, uh, you know, his whole entire career accomplishments. I don't know. Some guys like him just don't do anything for me, and he never did anything for me. I don't even think I followed him on any social media platforms. Again, never really cared about the guy. Just, right. Just didn't. Never really had a reason behind it. He just didn't do anything for me. Um, and after this, I am just like, I, I, I don't have, like, uh, a worse opinion. I, I don't know. I just still have no opinion on the guy. Like, I just really don't care about him. I just think he's a complete moron. Yes. Like you said, he's just stating his opinion. If he wants to feel that way, okay, that's fine. I'm not saying it's the right opinion. Obviously, it's complete wrong opinion, but that's how he feels. That's how he feels. People are entitled to feel however they want to feel. But you should know that when you have a platform like this yep. on, a, on a show that people are watching on Vice TV, I get it, not, not everybody has the Vice channel, but I mean, Let's be honest. It's it's on television. People are watching this. Millions and millions of people around the world are watching this. Mm -hmm. How did you not realize that you <laughs> saying these things was gonna not end up working in your favor? Like like I mean, seriously, this guy's what fifty, sixty years old. How did you not think yep. that saying these things was gonna come back to bite you? I mean, I'm twenty six years old, and I even know yeah. that if this would come back and and bite you in the ass if you said this on national television. I just, I don't get it, man. The stupidity behind people like him that just go out and think they, they could say whatever they want. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I legit have no words. I really don't. I, I, I don't understand how this happens. Like you said, you have this opinion. If you have a controversial opinion, you keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear, but you know we have freedom of speech. No, no, right. no. I don't want to hear that. Because, again, is it really worth it? Is your freedom of speech yep. really worth it? Yep. Because now this guy, for the time being, has no job. He doesn't. He didn't work Impact this weekend. Good on Impact for suspending him yep. indefinitely. Yep. Is it really worth it? Did you really have to come out and defend your friend and, and, and just basically say screw that girl and her feelings and anything she felt like that? And just his attitude really towards her and his attitude towards it being very insensitive, very dismissive, very tone deaf. Yep. Very like victim shaming, and on top of that, he fucking compares sexual assault to two fucking ponytails on his head. Like, what's wrong oh, yeah. with you? Oh, I know. I, I dude, I was mind boggled, bro, because like you said in the beginning of this, this is a guy that's always been beloved for the most part in the community by everybody. Not one bad thing to say about him, and I was so surprised and shocked to hear this coming from him. I, I really was. I, I I couldn't even believe it. And like you said, it's sad, and um. You know, like I said, it, he dug his own grave, really. I, I like, like you said, he's not a, he's not. I don't think he's like, you know, up there and like w with Ric Flair because he didn't actually commit right. what Ric Flair did. He didn't do anything like wrong in that aspect, but just his words and his opinions and right. the fact that you know how he feels about this situation. Well, how is this any different than any other situation? Well, just because Ric Flair is his dear friend, mm -hmm. like who's to say he doesn't feel the right. same way about any of any of the things that go on similar to this, you know? And then he has the audacity to go out on social media today and apologize. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. It wasn't my intention. 
bullshit, right. man. Yep. I, I mean, really, like, the apology did not do anything for me. And I see Chris Jericho, uh, among others, saying, you know, uh, Chris Jericho wrote Forgiven on the bottom of uh, comment on the Instagram post. I mean, give me a goddamn break. That's all the guys to do is say he didn't mean it. Yeah. And then and then all is forgiven. I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, it's I, I want to see is a, Right. I want to see more so from Tommy. Up. If he really means what he said, make a donation. Take the proper steps. Do something. Create your own fund for 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 victims from sexual assault or abuse or rape or whatever it is. However you want to word it. Um, do something more than just do uh, uh, just a regular post on on social media. That's why I said like maybe this is the right step in the right direction. We don't know. We don't. It's too soon to tell. Or whatever. But. And for the people also, and this is another thing that, that pissed me off about the, the whole, especially the Tommy Dreamer part of it. Not only did Tommy Dreamer make an ass out of himself, but also you really got to see like the ugliness of like the wrestling fan base of people saying like, oh my God, people are so soft. Oh, well, Tommy didn't do anything. Oh, people are just so sensitive about everything. Like, listen, everybody's so quick to say like, oh, everybody's so sensitive. Nobody could take an opinion. This isn't that. He didn't do anything wrong. He just had an opinion. What's the fucking big deal? He's not Ric Flair. He's not the one that did anything. It's not that. It's just his attitude towards it. And for the people that go like, oh, well, everybody's so sensitive, whatever. Everybody's so sensitive until it happens to them. Meaning, like, if it would have been your daughter or your sister or your mother or your niece or whoever that was close to you or maybe it happened to yourself, then that's when it becomes, like, an issue for you. But just to have, like, this very dismissive and, like, piece of shit attitude, like, oh, everybody's so sensitive. Oh, this and that. And don't get me wrong. I have my issues with cancel culture, too. But, like, just to be so dismissive about this poor lady that got sexual assaulted and with these terrible comments by Tommy, I just can't. I, like, what kind of morals do you have as a human being? Uh, yeah, I know. Dude, perfectly said, man. I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, that's why I'm at a loss for words. It's just, it really is mind-boggling, like I said, especially coming from a guy like him. Yep. What a, what a damn shame. But yep. like I said, you, I got no sympathy for him. He said what he said. We all know how he feels despite apologizing or anything like that. I don't know how anybody can take that apology serious. Um, I'm sure guys like Chris Jericho are just forgiving him because, again, they're all buddy-buddy, you know, and, right. and, and things like that. The and good old boys. Each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm really, like I said... I said everything I had to say about, right. about it, and whether he comes back to work Impact or not, it's like I said, it's I don't watch Impact to begin with, but that's not the point. Right. Uh, it's just, like I said, it's, it's just wrong, and you know, there's a time and place for everything. You should know what you should say and what you should not say, and this is definitely something that he shouldn't have publicized. You know, again, absolutely. If you feel a certain way, keep it, keep it to yourself, and you know. The, the whole wrestling world wouldn't wouldn't feel the way they feel about right, right now. Right. So, like I said, no no sympathy, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. But I don't want to hear his name uh, around any company, no convention, right. no nothing for a long time. Similar yeah. to Ric Flair, I, both of those guys could just go off and disappear for all I care, and don't really care about hearing about them. So just to try to um, kind of like uh, turn like the tone of this because this is a very touchy subject, and I'm sure like. You know, if, if you're a wrestling fan, and even if you're a female, whatever, just watching that dark side of the ring, I, I know you feel a certain type of way. You know, like like Sam's wife, like uh, Gabby, I know she was very, she felt a certain type of way after watching that episode. But um, just to kind of change the tone real quick, and 
just kind of like kind of laugh a little bit. Um, so yesterday at the at the Philly show, or whatever this um Enzo was on the card, right? Which we already know Enzo's history, or whatever. But he wrestled Ricky Morton. He played a heel, or whatever. But after the show, he had like a little table, or whatever, and he had like uh you know like a signing or whatever. You know, like whoever wanted to meet him, or whatever. And obviously, I was not part of that line. But when I was leaving the bathroom, or whatever. He was, like, talking to a fan, and then there was, like, a crowd of people, like, by his, like, table. So then he goes, like, hey, is that Tommy Dreamer out loud? Yo, I looked at Enzo, and he started laughing. I'm, like, come on, man. Like, what's wrong with you, bro? And, of course, a guy like Enzo would say that, you know? Hey, is that Tommy Dreamer? That is freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. Of course, Enzo, out of all people, would be the guy to say something like that. Oh my god, that is so funny! Oh, <laughs> oh, dude! Oh my lord! Yeah, I know, bro. It's fucking nuts. All right, let let's wrap up with with this. And uh, this is something that after this episode, it really got me thinking. Like, dude, what's the future for the dark side of the ring? Because obviously, this episode really like exposed people, right? Rightfully so. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, right? But this really, you know, put a lot of like light, you know, for like a wrestling fan. Like, wow. You know, certain people that I used to like maybe ain't that great anymore or whatever. Or I might not look at the same anymore or whatever, right? Do you think, like, obviously they have this season still, like, left, right? You know, like, next week is the Chris Canyon episode and they got more episodes, like, in you know, in the can already. But, like, what does that mean for, like, season four? Do you think, like, now talent's going to be, like, more like, nah, bro, you see what they did fucking the Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer? I ain't trying to be part of that show. Or... Do you feel like towns like a Maria Canellas and some of these other towns are going to be like, nah, I want to do Dark Side of the Ring and I want to expose more people? I mean, I could see a little bit of both, to be honest. Uh, listen, they don't call it Dark Side of the Ring for nothing, man. Like, right. it's, 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 it's going to be dark, a lot of these things. And, yeah, I could see it coming both ways. I could see some people not wanting to be involved and, you know, uh, like you said, it, it not wanting to, to go through that. And then I could see some people like Maria Canellis, for example, wanting to go out there to put, uh, to shed some light on, on the things that have happened in the past that they want to come out. And, you know, uh, I think the series is going to continue obviously and, and continue to be successful because all the episodes are really well done yeah. and really well yeah. put together. Like I enjoy all of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I could see both sides of the spectrum there. But, um, you know, and that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing, too, because at the same time, you want some of these things to come to light. But at the same time, it's almost like, who's next, you know? Who, who are they going to can next? Who are they going to make me hate next, you know? And, and I pray to God it's not somebody that I'm a huge fan of because, uh, again, it, it's a real, real damn shame. I, I loved Ric Flair, um, really enjoyed Hulk Hogan, but soured on both of them, uh, you know, in years past. And it sucks. So it's like almost like who is next at this point, and what am I gonna learn that I don't want to learn uh, next? Yeah, dude, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough, especially seeing someone that you know you you had like you know pretty cool interactions with in the past or whatever, and then you watch one Dark Side of the Ring episode, and then you're like, wow, this guy's <laughs> a, this guy's a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Yep. Oh boy. Alright, dude. I think that's it. We kinda went long again. Not as long as last week, but yo, we covered a lot, bro. We had a lot to cover and thanks for always doing this show with us, uh with me, because Leo's not here. Hopefully next week Leo will be back. But uh give me your plugs and Ryan. Alright, we'll follow at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter if you haven't already, at Royal underscore ramble underscore wrestling on Instagram. Um Wrestling Radar. So I'm just gonna say, you know, you can follow it on Instagram and Twitter if you want, at Wrestling Radar. 
Um, but follow it or subscribe to it, I should say, on YouTube, The Wrestling Radar. We did put the vlogs up for our trip to Chicago for All Out. There's two videos, days one and two, and then days three and four. So definitely go check those out. Um, give them a like, please, as well. And I uh, hope you enjoy. And that's all. Yeah, uh, definitely check those out. Uh, follow The Wrestling Radar and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We have to, we have to, we have to let the people know. We gotta let the the, the, the friends of the show, the the Fots, the Peckerheads, the Slapdicks, that we're gonna be at Archer Ass Stadium Wednesday for my birthday. Dynamite Rampage. We're gonna be there. We we hell we, yeah, man. Hell we, yeah, we're gonna be there. So it's gonna be an incredible show. It's gonna be a long night, but I'm hyped for it. And of course, it's your birthday, Mario. So it's 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 gonna be insane. And if you see us there, just don't be a dick, and you could say hello. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't don't be a Ric Flair and don't be a Tommy Dreamer. Unless you're gonna get punched yeah, in the right, face. Right. You're gonna get punched in the face easily. Like you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna be there. So if you do see us, like you know, as long as you're not being like weird and weird, um, you could you know just come up. You could chop it up with us. Yeah, you know, we have to say that. But you know, we have to specify because wrestling fans have a reputation of being like that. So. Absolutely, and like listen, I'll chop it up with anyone about wrestling or just anything in general. Like as long as you're cool. But like if you come off like kind of weird, um. I'll be very standoffish, and that's when I come off as being a dick, and that's, you know, no offense, or maybe, yeah, offense, but being offensive, but, like, listen, just don't be weird, you know, like, we're all, like, just good brothers and sisters here, if you want to chop it up, just be fucking normal, like a normal human being, you know? Yeah, that's all we ask, it's not yeah. asking, not asking for too much, if right. you ask me. So if you see us on Wednesday, you know, you know, I'll be there with Ryan and the whole Royal Ramble crew and maybe some other people or whatever. So, you know, if you see us, you know, say what's up, chop it up or whatever. But, yeah, you can follow me at RadioArsense87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you like the podcast, enjoy the podcast, or even hate the podcast, and, you know, leave us a, a five-star rating and review. And give us your comments, grievances, and let us know if, you know, you kind of hate us and if we piss you off. And, you know, we enjoy that, too. <laughs> uh, for... For the old man, Leo, that's not here, for Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep it Rated R, and stay too sweet. Goodbye! And good night. <laughs>